One, two. Check, check, so, check. Bruce, do you know any like check, dirty jokes check, or anything check. that start a sound check off here with? I'm not good with that stuff. Not man. good with What's, dirty jokes? No, no. What is the, the, the dirtiest thing you ever saw on, on tour with a, with a <coughs> rock band? And put it into a microphone. You have to say who it was. Just, just, say, no. just say a thing. I don't know. There was one time I was at an outdoor festival. The three acts were Stone Temple Pilots, Butthole Surfers, and Flaming Lips. And there was a very intoxicated couple backstage that thought I was the singer of Stone Temple Pilots. And this went on all day. And the members of all the other bands played along. Okay. And? That's about it. <laughs> Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. I'm recording now. Sorry. So, uh, so goddamn good. Sorry. Tiny Baby Loons update. Uh, oh Martin, tell us how the Tiny Baby Loons did at uh, soccer yeah, sure. this week. So my, my three-year-olds had their second week of soccer, um, and it went phenomenally. It was the first I mean, week. Let's recap the first yeah, week. First get, recap the first week, literally, we went home and decided there were going to be some changes to our family. Literal That's how meltdowns bad. and, and family yes. changes. Uh, basically, like almost like coaching changes, if you will, in, in I, the metaphorical sense. You know what? Metaphorical I, sense. My wife was ready to make a coaching change in our family. The <laughs> assistant coach was almost <laughs> kicked out. Um, she is the head coach, by the way. Um, but and, and of course, my kids were doing their best sporting Kansas City act. Nothing wrong with them at all, but running around writhing in agony and crying. Um, but no, this week they were model citizens. I wish you could see them doing their little dribble steps, like because three-year-olds, it's totally cute to watch them do it. Just their, their their little tiny dribble steps up to the goal before they take a shot, and then of course misunderstanding instructions and just running around with the ball in their hands. And stuff. But they tried really, really hard and had a lot of fun. So um, we got some future loons now. All right, and our that's, family is no longer in crisis that's mode. That's very good. Uh, so uh, uh, my buddy Nick actually texted me a question. Asked, is it true that your twins learned the shutdown method from your approach after uh, you're basically just disavowing Perfect Eleven? It's like the shutdown oh, method. you're talking about the don't just even fucking just try shut method? shut down and, and not, not function anymore? Look, Did I... Did learn that from you, or is that uh, from someone else? Uh, it's No, it's they definitely got both sides of the gene pool in the just quit and give up <laughs> uh, sort of situation. but um, From you or from, from your wife? Uh, both sides both okay. sides of the gym. It's a very shallow gene pool. No diving allowed at all. Um, but I, I will say that um, as for Perfect 11, I'm a very busy man. I have a lot of very busy uh, uh, big person responsibilities. 
And unfortunately, fantasy soccer is not making the cut these days. That's fair. I apologize to my fantasy eh. followers. More important than that, you bought uh, uh, a property today. Yeah, I bought I, I bought a, I bought a house. Uh, yeah. I now own a house. Um, if anybody's listening the, from Ramsey County, a I'm, bank home, owns a house. I'm homesteading in that house right now. Oh, homesteading? If, huh? uh, if, you don't even live there, like yeah, fucking well, liar. Yes, I do, technically. Yeah, well, uh, if you're getting homestead exemption on there and you don't live there, <laughs> you're fucking breaking the law, son. Right, well, no, listen, I'm homesteading in that house right now, motherfucker. Uh, uh, yeah, huh. no, I... I uh, uh, Too bad there isn't somebody here who knows mortgage law inside <laughs> and out, huh? <laughs> my wife and I had to cut a gigantic check today, and uh, we had to buy a house. Uh, so that was a thing that we did. Congratulations, man! That house, we'll be we'll be in that house by the week by the end of the weekend. Right. Obviously. How are you here? Time. What? How are you here right now? I Why are know. you not Listen, off? I not worked, being here. I worked seven to nine on Monday, and seven to nine two hours? on Tuesday. Seven. Two hours. A.M. to nine p.m. And seven a.m. to nine p.m. It's okay. To be fair, uh, part of that two hours was working here at the uh, Fitzgeralds. Where we are. Life right is now. tough, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, bought a fucking house, man. So, congratulations. Part of that uh, function. And you're wearing society. your panic t shirt right now, too, to fucking Listen. commemorate yeah. Owen, oh, like, I have no idea, $160,000 to yeah. Wells Fargo or whoever. Yeah. Well, not Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank. Yeah, for now. Yeah. Be fucking uh, Fannie Mae soon. Until you guys. Uh, steal that from somebody yeah, from somehow? We, we get them all. We get them all. Well, let's oh. not talk about us. We're not important at all. Well, I also just wanted to point out, just in the catch-up banner, that both <laughs> me, myself, and the Dave's I Know Twitter account both have 280 Twitter uh, characters now, which is Twitter finally recognized our greatness. Yeah, Not a good thing. No. I'm, just, I'm just saying it's not a good thing. So. Nothing I've but ever said deserves you, that much you space. You were alluding to, we have a, a much more important guest. Why don't you introduce our, uh, our guest? Awesome, yeah. Um, we are just co-hosts today. Uh, with us, we have uh, Bruce McGuire. Bruce, if you don't know him, uh, hosts the Dunord blog. Uh, hosts the Dunord uh, podcast. Uh, has a recurring thing coming out for 1500 ESPN right now. Is that right? Is that no longer true? It's true. He's nodding at me. Thanks. I was hoping he, to get he, some kind of affirmation there. He writes a, he there. a blog for the 1500 ESPN Correct. site about soccer, about Minnesota soccer and Soccer general. Absolutely. And uh, a general, what, what were you called in an article a couple of years ago? Bearded patriarch? Was that the term? He's sh- he doesn't want to say any words. He's called a lot of tonight. things, man. He's <laughs> called a lot of I, things. I call, Bruce, I, I call Bruce one of the OG, one of the OG. One of the OGs. Dark Cloud. He was one of the guys who got means this Olive Garden. whole, one of the Olive whole Garden. goddamn thing started. The, the, the year TIFOing that I'm doing partnerships and membership yep. stuff for. Like He's one of the dudes who like got this thing going. That we're very intimately uh, familiar with. Certainly. Um, yeah, it's Bruce McGuire. Yeah. How's it going, Bruce? It's good to be at Fitzgerald with you couple of fucking nitwits. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. No, Bruce Bruce actually paid American currency to be he on did. this. Uh, he actually yeah, paid so, money to be on this fucking yeah. podcast. So, so if we've got a nitwit. I'm writing it off on my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah, right. If uh, So we've got two fucking tax evaders here, as near as I can tell. Um, any potential sponsors who are listening people are literally paying to get on this podcast so if you'd like to sponsor it's clearly a hot commodity absolutely absolutely (laughs) all right step your ass up and give these boys some money that's right yeah that's why we're here i mean they could use a third microphone or maybe another stand (laughs) right Right? i'm not being uh, you're already here uh, fucking ripping apart our podcast infrastructure honest people need to give you money that's That's what i'm telling you yeah listen bruce a third microphone a uh a bitter a beggar uh a mixer 
Bottle for net. Bottle for net would yeah. be amazing. All right. Amazing. So, so Bruce, we're going to bring you in here, uh, but but the first thing we're going to do, as we often do, we're going to recap the games that happened here in the MLS playoffs. If you want to chime in on one of these games, uh, feel free to do so. Uh, otherwise, like you might you might have uh, thoughts and opinions. Sometimes, how'd the Galaxy do this year in the playoffs? Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So they, they did not lose a game. That Galaxy did not lose a game in the That's playoffs right. this year. Undefeated. Uh, so, let's let's. So start. did Minnesota. Minnesota did not lose a game. You know who did? Atlanta. Atlanta lost the game in the playoffs. Atlanta fucking sucks, no <laughs> doubt. Um, so you know, you know who else is out? <laughs> Portland. Yep, Portland's done. We'll get to it. Portland's no, done. No, let's, no. let's. Yeah, he's jumping the notes here. Let's. Uh, making fun of them. Cas- Cascadia. Um, we had the second leg of Seattle, uh, Vancouver. Seattle was at home. Came in zero to zero on aggregate. Seattle wins two to nothing. They move on. Yeah, typical. You guys think there's anyone who's listening that doesn't know Portland's out? Yeah. Nine, Just no. to clarify, Portland Timbers are out of the, uh, almost said the podcast, the playoffs. playoffs. They're going to be out of the They're podcast soon, too. The podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I would say typical Sounders, uh, Vancouver match, like Cascadia Cup match. Um, yeah, Dempsey got the brace. Uh, real story was how awesome uh, the Antifa 2 pull shit from ECS was. That yep. is the that's the real story of the game. Not tell that, tell that story won. briefly. What had happened? Uh, so Vancouver kicked out uh, two people. The Seattle. president uh, of the Seattle Sounder, yeah, the ECS, um, for having a, a Antifa uh, flag. Well, or, let's or let's clear. Banner. It wasn't like an it wasn't a flag that said Antifa. It was simply a banner that said like no racism, yeah, no right. fascism. Yeah, go Sounders. I mean, it was More it was basically that. Yeah, and they they got kicked out, and then you saw. I don't know if you I mean. If you haven't seen this, this pictures, like go and look them up on uh, on the uh, internets.com yeah. because they're amazing. It's just like the entire section, the entire ECS section has like these basically like, the same two poles that got kicked out. Then, yeah. yeah, two poles. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. That's the sound. That's the story. Fuck the Vancouver Whitecaps and their you know, <laughs> fucking piece of shit organization. So. <laughs> so so here's my thought about Vancouver. Look, how, Van- about, how about just fuck Canada? Okay, there you go. That's much better. Uh, the, the, um, how'd the Wild do against Maple Leafs tonight, by the way? Who cares? Uh, who cares? Um, here's my thought. Vancouver had literally record low possession this year in MLS. They average about 41% possession across all games. Ridiculously low. This is a team that is built on a savage counter. Now, they played the first leg at home thinking, well, we got the away goals rule, so here's what we're going to do. We got Seattle. As long as we don't give up a goal, we're good. The problem with that is... You need to play on the front foot when you have the opportunity, at least to some degree. They didn't come out and try to play that game here when they needed the away goal here against Seattle. Confusing to me that they tried to play that that, that kind of game at home. I think they needed to be a little bit more proactive to try and seek the goal, um, and you can't do it on the road against the Sounders. So I was I was a little bit baffled at that first leg uh, attempt to eke out a goalless draw, and it worked then. But you can't do it against Seattle on the road. So there you go. Seattle's Seattle. I call them the Seattles. Seattle moves on. Let's talk about uh, Toronto FC versus New York Red Bulls. Um, Toronto came in with a 2-1 to lead on aggregate. Gave up one goal to the Red Bulls here. But because of away goals, they get to move on. Yeah. Apparently, uh, if you forget to qualify for the World Cup, it means you can beat the shit out of your colleagues. Uh, Altidore question got in a tumble in the... Uh, uh, in the uh, tunnel, we saw that game at uh, New Bohemia where we were. Um, another, both another very nice place. <laughs> yes, very nice place. Uh, so they both got red cards. Um, Javinko got a second yellow or another yellow card in the playoffs. So both Altidore and Javinko are out. 
uh, for the first leg against Columbus in Columbus. That's going to be weird. Also, fuck Anthony Precourt. Both of uh, Javinko's yellow cards for were for being indignant <laughs> towards the referee. I mean, that's kind of stupid. They're cracking yeah, down on they're terrible yellow cards. So, Yep, those are entirely preventable. And actually, um, NLS has been cracking down on that kind of activity this year. You've had all season to integrate with that a coach to refereeing. Uh, yeah, so that's ridiculous. As for this Jonesy stuff, look, I, I didn't follow the story. I, I'm not into the sensational stuff. As much. I'm more into, like, tactics and stuff like that. I didn't follow this too closely. I didn't see any of the videos and stuff like that. But honestly, Josie has been such a pussy for the last couple of weeks here. The stupid, I, I don't like it when people boo us. Can you guys not boo us bullshit? That was really yeah. sad. Uh, he, did, he did not say that, Dave. That was essentially what he said. He did not say that at all. As a matter of fact, he said, it's totally fine if people boo me all the time. It's when I'm walking off the field and there's people with their kids standing there screaming every profanity in the world at me, telling me I, I should be kicked out of the United States and on and on and on. The, I get, the interview that I saw with quotes from him didn't have that, so I don't know where you got that. I don't doubt it. Toronto newspaper. Okay, I didn't read the Toronto newspaper. So what, what I saw sounded pretty weak. And then this altercation stuff like... Is I mean, in your opinion, Zeller, is this about the World Cup? Is this about something else? Is it just the intensity of the playoffs, I, getting people edgy? It's it's a, all, like all those things. I think honestly, and I think ultimately, is it that he has to live in Canada now and he's fucking yeah, tired of that? Probably, probably. Ultimately, I think so. The Red Bulls have been the death of Toronto FC for a long time, and even though they lost this uh, this semifinal. Ultimately, I think they might be the death of the of Toronto FC again because Chivinko and Altidore are out for the sure. first leg of the uh, semifinals, which is going to be in uh, Columbus versus the Columbus Crew. Fuck Anthony Precourt. Save the crew. I just thought of one other thing, too. The, a good majority of the stadium in New York chanted, fuck you, Josie, over and over and over. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I'm not into that. I, I, I am into people being able to do what they want to do and not over-regulating stuff like that. But that's not the game I want to play, and uh, I don't think anybody wins when you do that. But and it, it, but mostly, it's not clever either. I mean, if you're gonna heckle somebody, say something other than "fuck you." Well, you know, I mean, you keep saying "fuck Anthony Precourt." Well, Tell him something cleverer. But yeah, but that's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but fuck Anthony Precourt. Honestly. All right. Fair enough. Let's be fair. That's fair. Uh, let's talk about uh, New York City and Columbus. All let's right. move on to Columbus. So, yeah, so this was actually an exciting game. I don't know if you watched that. Uh, yeah. So, Colu yeah, speaking of uh, the crew uh, and living to fight another day, uh, fuck yeah. Anthony Precourt. Fuck Anthony Precourt, yeah. hashtag uh, save the crew. I mean, the <laughs> NYCFC scored two goals. We only uh, talk in hashtags on the podcast, yeah, by the way. Basically, so um, NYCFC scored two goals, but ultimately uh, the crew survived because they're just really determined to win well, to host and win a uh, NMLS well, Cup right before their uh, ransack to uh, Austin, Texas. Let's not let's not slap them on the ass too hard, okay? This this wasn't a great game for Columbus. No, they, God, no. they they God, were no. they were God, savage no. in the first leg and that was awesome. Yeah. Um, they missed the few opportunities they had. I didn't think uh, when you're in a situation where one away goal means that the other team has to score now an, an extra additional goal in order to get, I mean, you, you have to seek that away goal. I didn't see enough front-footedness from them there. Uh, and honestly, the few chances they had, they totally blew. Um, so, so so they could have done better there. Let's let's not pretend they were well, world the, killers there. The away there, goal but. rule is fucking terrible and should be done away with. We've already but had that conversation yeah, here. But uh, last week. 
But I'm but I'm, I'm excited. It was a fun game. Nobody was surprised to see New York City come out, score some goals. David Villa for at least the first I would say 20 minutes of the second half was the only people the only person who had any urgency on New York side, which I was shocked by. Eventually people caught on, but uh, in the end it wasn't enough. So I'm excited for Columbus and Columbus's fans more specifically. That's pretty cool. So Yeah. Yeah. I was I was at, I was at MLS Cup 2 years ago. Yeah. When Columbus hosted and they choked on their own vomit. <laughs> You know, I remember the game. Immediately, yeah. it was two nothing in like ten minutes. Yep. Oh god, so, I that so one. do we really want them to host it again? <laughs> it started off pretty brutally. Yeah, there's no doubt. I th- that was that was peak Kai Kamara back in those days too, and I miss those days because I've always really liked Kai yeah. Kamara actually. You know, after the game, all the Columbus Crew players left the field except him. Oh, he sat there for a long time. And he watched the other team get their their trophy and yep. all that stuff, and everyone else left, and he sat there and took it. Yep. I love good, that guy. Good, good for Kai Kamara. Love that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what. Nothing to celebrate there, I suppose. Uh, so uh, last game that we had, Portland Timbers and the Houston Dynamo. Another game that came in here, zero zero on aggregate. So it's all about the goals in this game. Houston on the road, uncharacteristically, because yeah, Houston they not were a great literally road team. the worst away squad in the playoffs. Yep. yep. Worst away squad in the playoffs. I when I, I wrote the uh, the Houston uh, Dynamo. Uh, preview for the Dave's I Know website, I was like, well, they're, they have to at least grab three or four goals at home and then hope that they don't get <laughs> right. the, the get Columbus method, on the road. Yeah, yeah. And I, actually, I was the one who wrote it. I wrote the Portland one, too. Uh, but yet, they yet they ended up winning a game on the road, their second game of the year on the road. Uh, again, it didn't help that or help that, uh, that uh, Portland was ravaged by injuries. Um, also, I mean, Houston was playing their second goalkeeper, their first goalkeeper was suspended because he's a fucking douchebag, uh, beating people up. So, girlfriends. Yeah, good. Yeah, domestic abuse, not great. So, uh, so yeah. So I mean, good on Houston. I mean, that's that's awesome. I, I fully expect them to, fully contend and, and give uh, give Seattle a run for their money in the in the second round. Yep. I actually picked Houston, to win. Oh, really? Because. In two years, without Diego Chara, Portland has never won a game. And he broke his foot, he was out, and I said, that's it then, Houston's winning. Yep. That D-mid-roll really? is, is so crucial. Yeah, I think they said July 2015 was the last time they won without him. It's Bruce, insane. you gotta, you got to be you know, doing some, uh, some more uh, in-depth analysis in this stuff, man. Like some research and stuff, yeah. Or you could just read my blog. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Zeller. I yeah. read. I, I went back and read every single back issue of his blog, just in preparation for this uh, episode. Um, I don't the, believe that for one second. <laughs> the the other the All other right. thing is that um, uh, Portland has never found a solution for missing Fernando Adi. Not a consistent solution. And when they're or, out there, Diego Char apparently. But no, nor that. And uh, um, when they're all healthy, their front six is as good as any in MLS. But when you're out there with Jeremy Ebobise, and he, I mean, I, that dude's going to be great in five years. Yeah. You don't want him headlining your playoff lineup on a do-or-die game, my opinion. God, so. no. All right, so uh, ultimately we end up with Seattle versus Houston in the Western Conference, uh, and then uh, Toronto versus Columbus. Uh, whoever wins that uh, Eastern Conference matchup, Toronto versus Columbus, is going to host uh, the MLS Cup final on and, and win uh, the December cup. 9th. And whoever comes well, out maybe, of the East we'll wins, see. right? Yeah. The uh, Eastern Conference people who've hosted it last have not actually won it. Uh, Toronto so, and Columbus. Yeah, fuck yep. Anthony Precourt. Also, was my ultimately uh, crew. ultimately that they have point there. Yeah. So, uh, so whoever wins, the real loser is going to be 
TV networks who were looking at like salivating over a Seattle Portland matchup and stuff like that, and now they get Seattle Houston. I think I think much, I yeah. think you lose some viewers with that. That's too bad for them. I don't think you do with viewers because Houston's the fourth biggest city in America. That's true, but you, you I, got a way bigger chance to get a bigger audience with Houston do you, uh, from the Houston Metro. But do you get the casuals? Like I think there are casuals who show up for for Portland, Seattle, who don't show up for Seattle, Houston. But um, you brought up TV. I didn't. I've I've now said all the things I know take, about TV networks Martin. and yeah, yeah, he fucking showed me. All um, right, so you got any other United news? Other United news? Yeah. Uh, there was a story uh, from GhanaWeb.com slash Infowars backslash net that uh, said that uh, I, now I've forgotten his name. Michael Abbey uh, was going to be joining us. Yeah. Uh, another it was conf conflicted about whether he's a winger or whether he was a uh, number eight or a number 10, yeah. but it all flamed out in the end. It's not actually going to happen again. Ghanaweb.net slash info backslash transfer rumors. Yeah. Yes. Which is where I get most of my soccer Multiple news. Use. Yeah. They were wrong on this one, but it was all worth it for that highlight video <laughs> of this guy. It was like an eight-minute highlight video. The, the guy looked pretty good. In the, I mean, everybody looks good in a highlight video. My fucking three-year-olds oh, probably look great in a highlight video. I look good video, in a highlight but, video. Right, yeah. But, but <laughs> the, the, thing that made it, the thing that made it real good was this savage EDM music that was playing over the whole thing. This dude could have been sitting in a library reading a book, and I would be like, holy shit, look at this guy. This kid is amazing. Like It was perfect. So right. I'm glad that was brought into my life. No other news well, I, for me. I do me. have some United news. Oh, please, is that, yeah. Is that... Abu Jalali uh, obviously uh, lost out uh, oh, on sure. the Rookie of the Year to Julian Gresso. Which he, which he should have. Very much deserving. Yeah. Julian Gresso yeah. was a much uh, more impactful rookie than Abu Jalali. Although, uh, as Bruce mentioned uh, in his junior blog multiple times, and like, we, we, that's we, we I read crip, them all. Yeah. Crip our notes from you, guy, from you, by the way, uh, that he scored four game winners. That's fucking amazing. That's out of eight. Eight yeah. goals, four one games. Yeah. So... That's pretty cool. I, um, I saw an argument that compared uh, like Abu Dunladi's like expected goals per to Gressel's expected. Like he got really statistical, and it, they were. It turned out they were pretty even on a lot of those metrics, except that Julian Gressel had like twice as many minutes. And they're like, "Well, he's got more minutes. What do you expect?" And I'm like, "That is a metric of value. Like the fact that he played twice as many minutes is yeah, a huge of course, indicator." Of course, yeah. Yeah. he's not a goal scorer either. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. I mean, it's, certainly he was giving assists. He had nine assists. Gressel did, and he was assisting some people who were going to score some goals. And that's fine, but yeah. Gressel, Gressel had a better year. I don't know what to say. Well, yeah, he was a starter on a team that was really good. Yeah, that's huge. So yeah. not much else to say. The All last right. update I would give that United News related is uh, Portugal friendly uh, has been announced, and Christian Ramirez did not make the cut for um, going to Portugal. Yeah. So he, if he doesn't make Cam Cupcake, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. The only thing know. that I'll say, so if he was going to make it, this felt like the opportunity. Yeah. That said, um, this was this is a, an extremely temporary coach who, whose only goal was to get them through this this set of friendly. So it's possible that when they do have a permanent coach, it's somebody who does see the value. So I'm I, I'm not entirely done with him at this point, but this is not a like, great this is not a great sign. I feel sign. like Bruce has a, has, has a point. Yeah, there. I'll shut up. I just have a thread. To run through this whole thing, there is no one uh, of the 21 players on that roster. Every single one of them has either played for the national team or the youth national teams. All 21 of them. And I figured with a temporary coach and a very short turnaround, they don't want any players coming in who don't know what it's like to travel with the national team. That's my only caveat. So kind of kind of going with a, a tried and true, keep it simple kind of approach to this. But like you said, a, a temporary no coach is any reality but that's just my thought 
Right. Okay. And as an extremely temporary coach, you're not really incentivized to try and think long-term strategy, um, unless unless you're you're gunning yourself for that long-term role. So. I, I, if I was a temporary coach, I would never toss a game away because you don't know what could happen. Sure. Any other news? United news? Nope, that's I don't have news. There's literally no other United news because there's literally no other United news. Well, let's talk about the real United news, which is our recap of the season. That's yeah. what we're here for. Yep. End of the year awards. Yep. So um, we're going to do this in a couple of different ways. First of all, we're going to do what we'll call the end of the year awards. Um, we're going to talk best player, worst player. We're gonna say, yes, we give a worst player of the year award. The Freddie Adu player Freddy of the Adu year award. Player um, of the year. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of other metrics. And then we're going to talk more generally about the season, uh, some things we'd like to see for next season. Uh, and after that, we're going to talk to Bruce a little bit uh, uh, more. So hopefully he can write some also, notes uh, Also, a Bruce exclusive, he's going he's gonna to release his Dunor best 11 in this Absolutely. podcast, official, yeah, before, before he drops here. it on the, his blog, which is amazing. So yeah, so yeah. if you can just not publish your blog for a few days, so I can get this <laughs> fucker edited. Then no, I'm just kidding. Please do not delay on our part. All right, so uh, best player of the year, prestigious award. Who do you got, Martin? <laughs> He's setting it up for me. Yeah. Um, this is a, this is a tough one because every single player on the roster was mired with a bit of inconsistency this year. There's nobody you can say front to back was uh, was awesome. Uh, I think Ibsen was the most important player. His utilization was much higher than any other player by far, including best in MLS, I believe, by a handful of metrics. Um, he had some of the same. He, he can be maddening sometimes. He absolutely can, and he's tough because he doesn't have the traditional speed of a number eight, nor the physicality of a number six, nor the probably playmaking ability of a number ten. You're burying the lead, dude. <laughs> yeah, but really far. Ibsen is the answer. I'm giving it to Ibsen. Okay. Um, and uh, with all those caveats, because I think other people, there's too many detractors. Ibsen was our most important player. I'll give him the best. You literally stole my goddamn words, man. The words, yeah. yeah. I stole all the notes. So dude. so I struggled with this one, too, because I don't think there was one best player throughout the entire year. Sure. Um, Christian obviously scored way more goals than a lot of people thought he was going to, especially at the national media. We, a lot of us here at Minnesota thought he would score 14 to 15 goals, and that's what he got. So that was perfect. Um, Bobby was easily the best player for a certain period of time where he was basically carrying this team. Uh, you can make an argue, uh, argument for uh, several of Cronin or uh, T.A. Zone for certain periods of time, but, again, maddeningly uh, bad at some points. Um, I give it to Ibsen as well just because he was ultimately the most important player on the team, even if he was maddeningly inconsistent. Just and so sometimes. He was just, he was just, so, but this is, like, <laughs> this is what we're talking, all we're doing is saying best player of the year, and all we're doing is bitching about him right now. Here's the That's thing, though. the season went. <laughs> this, is, this is the problem that we had with Ibsen for several years. For the last year, like, two years that we've had him is that he's probably been the best player on the, on the field at any single point. But for the last couple of years, he just, he's looked, like, like, he's, like, shrugged it off. Like, uh, whatever, I just do this thing. Now when he's paired with players who are, better than him and he played paired with players on his same team that are at least somewhat up to par with what he can do ibsen looks a lot better in the mls version than the nasl version bruce what do you got i got christian ramirez because i didn't have any idea if he'd be able to do it i didn't doubt him at all i just didn't know and i'm not a good speculator i'm just not very good at that never have been so 
from start to finish consistently, except for that whatever six weeks or five weeks he was injured, injured and all that. Yeah. He just scored goals. Yeah, I thought That's he fair. had a great season, That's and fair. Um, I thought he was consistent. Where you guys have both pointed out that you felt Ibsen was very inconsistent. My idea of the best player was the guy who was the most consistent for me. Yeah. Ramirez. Sorry. Ibsen, weirdly, was never injured. Which, for an old guy... For an old guy. Is Look, Ibsen is, like, fucking my age. Like, like, I always hear people say that. Like, I'm surprised he's not fucking well, he's dead. An and guy. I'm looking yeah. at myself like, I don't feel like so, I'm on death's I mean, doorstep. Also, but like, the thing with Ibsen, the reason I, I guess I picked him is that he was, he was always there. He always made a play. And... Sometimes he made a play that like, he would make a play that was amazing. You're like, why is he spinning around a guy and, and stealing the ball? And then you'd be like, why are you falling down and, and like, cradling your leg when you do not get touched? Right. And so my, that's my only thing, so I, I agree, uh, Christian was pretty consistent throughout the year. One of the things that probably detracted for me with Christian is that if the game isn't coming to him, he's not finding the game. He improved his game a lot over the NASL. You could see a little bit more physicality from him. You can see him doing things he wasn't doing before. So I, I, I thought he had an extremely good year. Like headers? But, but, but the problem with strikers is that when strikers aren't good, it's less it's less flashily bad. Like it's, it's harder for them to make a like, – unless they're giving up an own goal, which he did a couple of times. Um, it, it's not as obvious a mistake. But when you're, when you're not coming back to find the game – when your hold-up play could use some work, that stuff matters to me, but it's not as visible. So, you know, that, that does it for me. So. All right. So the uh, worst player. Freddie um, Adu Award for worst player. Freddie Adu for worst player of the year. Uh, I'm, I'm going with a non-Vadim uh, Demidoff edition and players who got shipped out early edition. Uh, it's it's either – it's clearly Johan Venegas, but I would also probably give a second award to Jermaine Taylor as a uh, center back. Specifically as as a center back, I thought he was much better as a center back than a fullback. Oh, sorry, fullback. That, fullback, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Fullback, sorry. Much, yeah. So you'll have it, I guess. Generally, Jermaine Taylor, Jermaine Taylor as a uh, as a fullback. So I'm gonna say uh, so. Freddie Adu Award for worst player of the year. Um, I'm going to give it so two criteria. If it doesn't matter how many times they appeared, it's got to be for me between Kevin Venegas and Vadim Demidov. Um, Venegas, it's easy to forget, but in the dog days of summer when United started looking really bad again, I'm talking about the the, the New York City game, the Kansas City whirlwinds. That's when Kevin Venegas started to get time. He looked good going forward, like a midfield winger that he could be. He looked real bad dropping back into defense. He was real bad on the back line. I will. I challenge you to go back and look at the footage. It was not good. Anywho, okay. I, I I also think that Vadim Demidov was very bad, but also his that his badness was um, magnified by a much larger badness around him as well. So that's my caveat. So if oh let me let me give my second. If you have to be even remotely considered to be like a, a regular appearer for the team, I'll probably give it to Johan Venegas. Uh, if for no other reason than he was generally ineffective. Uh, and because his attitude was piss poor, no and hustle, was, infuriating. And he was fucking terrible the entire year. <laughs> there was a time during the beginning of the year that I thought he'd iron the kinks out, but I, I think that his attitude only got worse, and his performance continued to suffer for it. How many, how many blowjobs did you get from Johan Venegas? Did I get from time. Johan yeah. Venegas? Yeah, during that time. Just when the, he had his braces on. When yeah. he had his braces on. Just the customary just, amount. Just uh, yeah, just a the standard media a, credential yeah, a little, amount. Little yeah. Meaty, little. Yeah, Bruce. Okay. Uh, I, I just told you I'd give him the award. Like, <laughs> how am I kissing his ass right now when I told you I'd give him the award for fucking up? 
Give me a break, Bruce. What do you got? I thought Van- I-, I am not a, a Johan Venegas fan by any means, but he made four or five plays this year. He did. He made four or five plays. So I got to give him that little bit. I want to make one request. I want you to change the name of this award from the Freddie Adu Worst Player Award to the Vadim Demidov Worst Player Award. <laughs> next year. Right? Yeah, next Going year forward, we, next, we, yeah, like we will call it. For him. We definitely should call it, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the Vadim I mean, Demidov. That dude earned it. Yeah. But he's still not my worst player. That's great. That he's he's not even the worst player, but you want to give him the award name? I think that's amazing. Yeah, okay. it's Rasmus Schuler. Oh, I mean, he talk about inept. He's coming back. He didn't add Apparently. a single thing at any point in any game. He didn't do anything out there. Nothing defending. Nothing going forward. It was bizarre. It was almost like a dude who didn't know how to play soccer. See, I, I refuse to give it to him because of the uh, shipped out early edition part of my thing. But I, I kind of agree with early. you. I kind of agree with you, Bruce. Yeah. I, so my yeah. thing, my thing with uh, Schuler is that, so he was not good. But my biggest complaint about him is that he was ineffective, and I don't know what his like strengths were supposed to be. But I also don't think that he was making like crushingly egregious errors. I only ever go as far as to say the dude is totally ineffective. When he was on the field, Minnesota was playing with 10 men. Yeah. He didn't add to oh. the offense. He didn't help with the defense. They were just playing with 10 men. Yeah, and maybe that comes back to my argument about Christian is that when, when you're ineffective like that, you can really, really damage a team even in less visible ways, not like an own goal or like a, I fell on my ass defending. It's just less visible. But, yeah, he, he did not have a good year at all. scored 14 goals. Yeah. How many did you uh, – well, yeah, I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing Christian and no, Schuler. I, I, I don't even. I don't even think Schuler con- converted a key pass. I don't mean leading to a goal or anything. Just a key pass. No, he was We'd consistently back. running backwards. I mean, I, I, I remember there was a. And then not defending. Yeah, no, there was. There, I remember there was a. Uh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was a fifty. It was a fifty-five-one post where it was basically like, how many passes has Schuler completed going forward, and it was like three of like 80 passes like right. all of his passes were either sideways or backwards yep. he completed three passes going forwards Barra has kind of the same stat which these will probably listen to some other uh, <laughs> another podcast yeah. I think so this is a different criteria I want to talk favorite player not the same as best player I want to talk favorite player can have personal bias all that stuff Zeller who's your favorite uh, player? easily my favorite player is Brent Coleman Baby boy, Brent. He's been your favorite player for longer he than has, MLS. Uh, it's hard to argue with a guy who literally gave me the shirt off his back from the last NASL match. I, I can't really argue. You probably with, needed it too. At well, that point, right? you know, we from traded shirts. Actually, oh, okay. I, I've told this. I've told. I think I've told the story in the podcast. Me and Brent Coleman traded shirts on that game. I, 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 I came as Brent Coleman. I dressed as Brent Coleman for the match. You sure. came with, with your hour car shirt on. No, no, no! I came with a, a Brent Coleman, a, a makeshift Every. Brent Coleman jersey on, and I gave him my jersey. He gave oh, me his jersey. Did it have like I duct tape on one. the back of it? I don't know if with it does. I, you have to ask Brent Coleman. He, Brent if Coleman, I if you want to Brent come Coleman walking down the street wearing that fucking thing, that would be awesome. That'd be fucking amazing. That'd be amazing. Brent Coleman, if you want to come to this podcast, uh, he's probably listening hit us right up. now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, but he's obviously the, the my favorite player of all time. Sure. Uh, but the new of the new guys, Jerry Tieson. 
Just okay. a top-notch dude. Uh, met him at the Dark Clouds uh, uh, fundraiser at the end of the year auction stuff. Mm -hmm. And just generally been a really awesome dude. So uh, of the new guys, Jerry T. Stone is my favorite player. Sure. Uh, J Jerry was my was my personal favorite as well. Um, great attitude, fun guy, good looking as hell. Dude is real attractive. He's uh, very attractive. Oh, yeah, uh, he's, he's have a funny you, guy. Have you met his um, wife too? Well, that's for another they're podcast. But, wife is um, yeah. Oh, they're I, a very attractive couple. Oh, the dude, the way. dude deserves a hot wife. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um, but Swiss. but also like I you know what on field uh, I think he was relatively consistent. Uh, it, especially during the early parts of the summer, he actually looked really good going forward. Back when Molina was still on the right, they had some interplay there. I thought he looked really great in that. Um, and he was a, he was a tonic at the right back position. When he wasn't there at right back, you felt it. So uh, you know my favorite. you know that Jerry started his Twitter. When he signed with Minnesota, you know what was weird? I, I didn't know that. For someone who's he, really amazing at Twitter and Instagram, he just started it. How you learned that? Yeah. Oh right, because yeah, it was weird. Because right. Because how did you learn it? How did how did Twitter? How did I learn the Jerry? Yeah, at yeah. uh, the Dark Clouds, uh, Dark Clouds so. party. So. Okay. Yeah. I learned it right now two seconds ago, but I remember <laughs> I when he... I learned it on the We Call It Soccer podcast. Oh, okay. I was oh. trying to give them some credit. Oh, oh no, yeah, we don't yeah. listen to those fucking guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. We don't drop their well, names. I, 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 was, I was hanging out with... You Jerry. can edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll edit it on repeat. Yeah. Um, no, the... Um, the the um, Jerry started following me on Twitter, and I was I looked at him. I was like, "Oh man, the new guy's following me on Twitter." And he he only he was only following sixty people, or so. I'm like, "What the fuck? Why is he following me? Does he think I'm like media? Or think like no, follow anyone else." Yeah. And I'm very proud that he continues to joke about me. Um, I'm sorry, Bruce. We didn't even fucking listen to you. No, come on, favorite player. One one last thing about Tiason and his wife. I know it's for another podcast, but <laughs> what I appreciated most is that so many soccer players marry or date the supermodel, you know, the cliche. His wife is gorgeous, but she's like the girl next door gorgeous, you know, yeah, yeah. which is even better. It's like my, it's like my wife. Because I'd like to think that I could have a shot, even though I don't, you know yeah. what I mean? Bruce, I mean, they're, they're Bruce, married. I'm not saying Bruce, that. you don't have a shot at my wife, but yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just saying... Yeah. That if, like, an unfortunate accident <laughs> happened, yeah. anything goes. You might Whatever. have a shot. Yeah. What's yeah. the joke in Superbad? We could be that mistake. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Bruce, you could be that mistake. Yeah. All right. All right, my favorite player. Yeah, I'm sorry. You didn't even answer the question. Sorry. No, I didn't even get there yet. I'm doing mic hopping, too. It's kind of <laughs> cool. And my favorite player is Ibsen. You know, cause I right, loved I'll, him. And I've yeah, loved I, like, him. I like that one. I loved him since the moment he arrived four, three, four years ago. I've always said he needs better players around him. The better the players around him are, the better he is. Um, last year, he completely mailed it in because he hated the guys he was playing with. This year, he was better because he had better guys around him. I've also maintained for quite a while that he would start for any team in MLS. And it pissed me off that when the season started, he was not on the field. And that, to me, is a huge shot at the coach. Ibsen's my favorite. Even when he's infuriating, even when he's doing stupid shit and being, what was the word, petulant? Petulant. Yeah. Yeah. Inc er, inconsistent. Another one of my favorite things is that there's a bunch of people that really hate him, and that cracks me up. I love that. You know? I like the contrarian thing. Ibsen was my be best player of the year. So. But he, he 
did something that I didn't see one other person in the entire league do this year, and he did it probably 50 times, and I call it the pickpocket defense. He will let his teammates slow somebody down, and he comes sliding in from the back and takes the ball off him before they even knew what happened, and then he turns around and darts back upfield. Yeah. It was an amazing thing yep. to watch. There was times he would do it three or four times a game. The pickpocket defense, that's what I called it. Yeah, and I love Gibson. I love him because he he pretends he doesn't know English. I love that. It's just hilarious. The whole thing's fantastic. It's the whole package. Yes. He's a fun guy, and, and uh, I think he's loosened up a little bit this year too. He seems to be a little bit more comfortable, like having a lot more fun. I think, and um, so so that's good to see too. Um, let's go to favorite moment. This is not so much an award. This is us talking here. We're sort of uh, skipping best acquisition. Best, Did best acquisition. Well, I wasn't fucking reading the notes here. Best acquisition. All right. Yeah, well, I scrolled down too far. Yeah. Uh, yeah, best acquisition. So, yeah. You're fucking uh, hold, <laughs> hold me to some uh, kind of standard. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, go so ahead, Zeller. Best I'm, acquisition. I'm going to say it's, it's either Sam. <laughs> Fuck. Guys, we're going to edit out this you. whole podcast, by the way. All right. It's, it's going to be a five-minute so podcast when we're done. Best acquisition. This is after the season has started. Uh, I think it's either Sam Croner or Ethan Finlay. I think those are the two most obvious ones. Um, Finlay's career had gone sour. Um, I mean, he's, was a, he's a great player, but sort of hadn't really scored any goals, hadn't really done anything for Columbus. We got him from Columbus. Uh, he came back and scored a bunch of goals. That was insisting, was actually generating some offense uh, on that on that wing. Uh, he's more important to us than he was to Columbus. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, so yeah. However, I'm going to actually say that Cronin was the best acquisition because he solidified uh, our our back line more so than and, and just made the fact that like I think I put this later in our notes. Like we scored, we gave up 18 goals before April. 18 fucking goals before April. We brought Sam Cronin in and Mark Birch as well, but I think Cronin was the key to that. So I think Sam Cronin was the back best acquisition. Yeah, the uh, the, the, the number began. six role is the most important one on the field. So what? so m- my, my thought is this. I think that Finley was a really good signing and I think an important one because I think that the team needs to be signing more guys like Finley, guys who are, are strong, competent, have MLS experience and stuff like that, like that needs to be a norm, not like an exception. We shouldn't be excited about a Finley signing. That should be the quality of players that we're averaging there. Um, That said, in the moment that it happened, nobody more important than Cronin because we were desperate. Those were some some scary days after those first four games. What a coup of of a deal. And we walked away with those two guys. And Sam Cronin is, uh, and and also when Sam Cronin was gone, and we were trying to figure out who the hell's who's the hell's playing number six at the end of the year. And it's a rotating cast of your Colin Martins and your Colin Warners and your fucking other Collins, whatever. Um, it was Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. It might as well have been um, because, it, like honestly, it wasn't uh, Sam Cronin, and you could yeah. feel that it wasn't Sam Colin, Cronin. Yeah, no. Colin Mockery, for fucking whose line is it anyway? Nobody? Okay, yeah. fine. No I, no, I know who that is, but yeah. that's, yeah. But it just wasn't funny enough? All right, so Bruce, Bruce, let's hear Bruce's. Let's make it a trifecta. Cronin. Cronin, all right. Um, I don't love the guy. I, I, I wouldn't want him on my team necessarily, but he brought leadership. He brought MLS experience, yep. which was huge. They had so little of that. Mm-hmm. He was a fighter. He gave a shit. Mm-hmm. All those things were great. He came at the right time. 
And the results were obviously and instantly better. Yeah, and we well. got rid of Saeed and Gat, which was fantastic. Yep. A couple of stiffs. So I would have held I out hope bad, for Saeed. I feel bad for him that he got a concussion, though. Right. And I really hope it's not the end of his career. Concussions are something that you don't just bounce back from here. You never know how long you're going to have to deal with that. And for some people, you don't stop dealing with it. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't his first. It often is not for people who do. I mean, your Greenspan's a great example of that, too. There's a dude who's got chronic concussion issues now. So, um, All right, so we got the trifecta. That's awesome. Now, the moment that I was really excited to move on to, the moment. The, the favorite fav moment. The favorite yeah. moment. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Zeller, I want to hear your favorite moment. So, I mean, first season that was simultaneously, like, amazing and terrible. There was We had a lot of really awesome moments, right? So uh, there was the snow opener opener amazing moment as a soccer fan to see minnesota in mls like for those of us who've been around for a long time amazing uh, i watched it from an airport fucking flight delayed <laughs> i yeah. know i remember that yeah um, flying game day yeah I, cool. I, the first two get portland and then against atlanta yeah. i watched both those games from an airport yeah Never fly on game day. It's a rule <laughs> for everybody to live by. Never uh, work on game day either. Yeah, that's make, I was going to say. That's make American currency for my is, family is one of my personal rules. Um, the away match in Colorado, which Bruce was at, was a blast. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember you tweeting points. from our fucking official podcast Twitter account. Yeah, getting. That you just got higher and higher. Really high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah, high. yeah I saw him that night. <laughs> uh, the other three away trips, including uh, four dudes in a car. To KC with Bruce McGuire. I drove in a car with Bruce McGuire to an Open Cup match in Kansas City. Um, that game was awful. It was terrible. The car ride was fantastic. <laughs> exactly. Was it not? It was amazing. Yeah. Ama the car ride yeah. was amazing. The, yeah, not everything else. Um, and the fire match where we actually won. I was in the front row as we won that match. That was amazing. Um I was singing the Cauldron once and the Rodron twice. Also amazing. Um, ultimately, though, it ends up uh, there's also none of those were the one. No, beating Atlanta. Kind of in the lead, you're giving me shit. You've yeah, been talking for 15 minutes here, Zoe. Beating Atlanta on I, the. I knew where you were going. Yeah. I didn't know this is where he was going. Beating Atlanta on the road in in the fall to like upset their playoff chances. Yeah. Amazing. Ultimately, ultimately, it comes down to singing Wonderwall against RSL. So the first win. That first win at home Jesus where we sang Wonderwall. Even when I thought you were finally going to say the answer, you didn't say the answer. Okay. <laughs> that, God, that's that, like ten answers. I, that was, but here's the thing. Ultimately, that, like, there was. Is this how the show always is? Kind of, oh, yeah. It's always bad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always very bad. <laughs> oh, but literally, I was, I was crying. I was crying at the end of Wonderwall. I, I literally was. I had tears. You can you can ask my wife. I was crying at the end of Wonderwall after we beat RSL. We got to sing Wonderwall for the first time in MLS. So that was my most favorite moment. Wow. 
All right, I'm gonna Let's edit, go, Martin. I'm going to edit my answer for time here. Um, RSL was the easy answer <laughs> because it was it was the first, and your first is always very special. Um, but for me, honestly, it was that Sporting Kansas City home game that we won two to nothing. Yeah, very complete win. Good. Great weather. Um, even like weird moments, like like I was on the broadcast playing air guitar with Colin Solberg in the stands. You, you know, yeah. There's just a lot of weird things about it that was that was just kind of made it kind of a cool day. Um, yeah, that, that, that was, the weather was fucking nice. I, everything about it was nice. So That was Adrian Heath's favorite moment of the season, too. I believe that. I believe it. It was a complete win. Um, uh, that was the first instance of Miguel Ibarra and uh, Superman Christian Ramirez hooking up uh, yeah. one to the other. So that was that was a cool moment. Yeah, Dunlady yeah. got his first goal that yeah. day, too. The, uh, the other funny thing about that one was that um, it was uh – this is really great content, Sorry. David. Yeah. It was my birthday weekend, too. As your it's, it's fucking better. Yeah. I'm never going to forget your birthday now. It's great. It wasn't on my birthday, though. Okay. So was your birthday your favorite moment of the season? Or? Oh, hell no. no. <laughs> what, was your, uh, what was your favorite moment? He's checking his day. He doesn't remember. I do. I just want to get this right. All right, all right. And I'm going to cheat. Okay, cheat. I got two. Okay. One was personal, like non-soccer, and then the other one was soccer. Okay. So, number one. That first home game in the snow against Atlanta, before the game kicked off, I was asked to go down on the field and do the coin toss. Yep. Yeah, you, I remember you that. The coin. I did the coin toss, and I, I was standing there for quite a while while they because it was a TV game. You know, I stand around and wait. So then I see all these MLS people that I know, you know, Big Don and uh, his right-hand man, Abbott. Yep, and, yeah, and Charles and all these other guys, mm -hmm. all the big wigs, man, all wearing their nice suits, and and I'm I'm wearing a you know like an old sweat uh, dark cloud sweatshirt, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's snowing like crazy, and we're all talking, and I said, you know, when I saw the schedule come out, and I saw the first home game was March 12th, I said to myself, it better snow, <laughs> it's gotta snow on that day. It couldn't yeah, have Bruce. snowed harder. And here you're we the, are. You're the problem. <laughs> here we are. It's that game. It's snowing like crazy. They all looked at me like I was completely nuts. And they I don't get it. didn't care because it was awesome. Yeah, they didn't because get it. Because if it hadn't snowed, we might have lost worse. That's, that could be true, too. But <laughs> And the great thing is, is true. of course, everyone remembers the score, but no one cares. Everyone In, had in the so long much term, fun. no, yeah. Even right after it, people had so much fun that game. I'm so that's my personal. Sure. I'm going to remember the snow a lot more than I'm going to remember that score, like in the long term oh, of my yeah, life. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my favorite moment on the field was, I believe, against Colorado. And it was it, it was a set piece, goes into a scramble. Ibsen from outside cracks a shot, goes to the back post, hits the post, comes out. Johan Venegas, remember that guy? He heads it back across to the front of the goal. And then Miguel. And Ibarra comes streaking in and smashes it in with his head. The double header. Yeah. Double Off header. the post, exactly, double yeah. header, win one nothing. Still felt bad that uh, Ibsen didn't get his goal, though. Yeah. <laughs> that was my moment of the – my favorite moment. That was a fun moment. And watching watching Christian and Miguel celebrate it, too, was a, was a pretty cool watch moment. The, I keep going and watching the goal again. Yep. Like, once every two weeks, I watch it. It's fantastic. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fair. Little pinball. I love I, it. I, 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 will, I will admit, like, the Stoneburner was is a big – favorite in my family because uh, my uh, in-laws came to that game. My in-laws also came to the last game of the year, so they saw a snow opener okay. and the last game of the year. And, and now they're uh, never coming again. Well, no, no, no. The last game of the year was actually decent weather. And 
the other part, the other part of this whole thing, and we'll talk about it. I'll talk about it in our our grades later. Is that this team had mostly great weather all fucking year? We got fairly lucky. Yeah, yeah that's a good so point. Let's yep. let's move on with one. I got one more thing. Okay. Yeah, do it. Did I just forget it? Oh my god! It literally LL Cool J came on and it popped right out of my head. Okay, I, well, I already you, forgot. If you. If I think of it, I'll jump back in. <laughs> all right, there That's you go. That's good. Yeah, interrupt. No. All good. right. We'll so just we'll, we'll we'll edit all of the different pieces of our conversation together into some coherence. No, we won't. No. no, we won't. Okay, so we got to get into this. Um, we talk fun moments. Let's talk about darkest moment, not worst moment. I'm talking straight up darkest moment. Bruce wants Let to get me on the cut mic in here. Here for a quick second. All right. We just heard over our heads. LL Cool J. Mama said, "Knock you out." Yeah. We did. A lot of people say that's his best sing- That's his best 12-inch single. And it's just horseshit. I disagree, yeah. Rock the Bells. Yeah. The 12-inch. 100%. Is unreal. Yeah. I mean, so much passion, so much energy. It's a live drummer and him with no edits. So That's the bomb. Yeah. So it's that's great. Yeah. So what is, the, what is the darkest moment for you, Bruce, from this uh, Minnesota United... Uh, Catching them off guard. Pro- probably listen to that yeah. old Cool J song. That was tough. That was tough. Um, darkest moment was the double losses to Kansas City. Uh, aggregate oh, aggregate of seven and nothing. I was, right? I was part yeah. of both of those. Yeah, you were there for both of them, you fucker. And it was hot as hell. And I don't do well in the heat. It was really brutally hot. And our team stunk. And Peter Vermes is a vindictive fucker. And he's an asshole. Well, yeah, but, you know, no, he's hey. A, he's a fucking asshole, He's Bruce. a g- really he's good a coach. He's a fucking asshole. He's a good coach. He's a very good coach, but he's a fucking asshole. Do you remember at the end of the Open Cup game, when we got crushed 4 nothing, he put in Failhaber, Dom Dwyer, and Roger Espinosa as his three subs. Yeah. So, so Bruce and I... Drove down to this Open Cup match. We were one of the, with Nate and Mo. With Nate and Mo, uh, Mo Karazi, who's getting uh, shoutouts, and Nate Nate Pence, my realtor, who helped <laughs> buy, buy my buy me my Such house. Such a tight family. Yeah, yeah, so it's very cool. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. And I think we both we all looked at each other and we're like, or I looked at you especially. I was like, what the fuck is, what the fuck is Peter Mees doing? Like, why is this guy a fucking asshole? Peter Vermees is a fucking asshole. Because of your favorite moment of the year when we beat him 2-0. Probably. No, it was that. Absolutely. Well, Just to beat Vermees, yeah. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't my favorite moment of the year, but yeah. That was the darkest moment of the well, year dark, dark was, moment, okay. Those two games back-to-back. <laughs> okay. Well, luckily, I got pretty to bad. bookend it. Or, no, the meat of the sandwich. Oh, those, yeah. Those were the buns, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you, got to, you, got to do some, you got to do some traveling. I got to go watch two USA games in Denver and Mexico City. Oh, there you so, go. But those two Kansas City games were brutal. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. In the space of a week, too. Zeller, darkest moment? So my darkest moment was, uh, I mean, there was, there's, there's the, obviously the eight le- giving, leaking 18 goals before April was terrible. Well, that happened. Terrible. But for me, ultimately, the darkest moment was our, our like, Ju- July to early August, uh, Run of home games where it was like, okay, maybe we have a shot. Maybe we can we can do some stuff, and we got four points. Yep. Uh, we we hit, we beat DC United 
Congratulations, motherfuckers. That's something Atlanta you couldn't do. You beat DC United. Well, Atlanta United cannot beat DC United. <laughs> and we, we got a 0-0 zero, zero draw against Houston Dynamo, which ultimately, to me, was the fucking darkest moment because, god damn it, that was a terrible fucking match, and it was the worst thing. Was that the 4th of July game? No, the 4th of July game was the Columbus Crew. 1-0 loss. It was later than that, but it was still. It was, God bless the crew. It was, Hashtag. It, it, it was. It was a. It was a midweek match. I got off work early, came down, and literally nobody played soccer at all for the entire game. And I was like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" So that was. I mean, that sort of basically the, the that entire like five week stretch where we got four points was terrible. Uh, but ultimately, the Houston Dynamo 0-0 draw was the darkest play for me. The culmination yeah. of that. How yeah. about you? Um, I'm going to go with um, the f- the aftermath of the New England Revolution game, uh, f- week four. Um, for me, it was this, like, we, we lost big to Portland, and I thought, you know what? It's it, it's a weird opening day jitters game against a really good team with some unproven guys. I'm not shocked with a rocky start. And then we played Atlanta. I'm like, good Lord, that was really awful. We may actually genuinely be bad. But it's also it was a very weird circumstance in a snow game. Okay, let's let's get our feet up. You know, Tyson was only there for one day before he started. Okay, let's see what happens. By the time we got around to new, losing to New England on the road, I thought there's no caveats anymore. Well, remember, it's they been went a to month Colorado now. And came back from they they were one nothing down. They went two one ahead and ended two two tied. Ended with the draw, but but at least it was a draw. When they were ahead two two, they were ahead two nothing for like a minute and a half. Yeah, and, and, then, they and they immediately we, give it back. And then we started singing. We had the lead for oh. one minute. Yeah, were, we, were <laughs> one minute. we were up one to nothing because I was also there. Yeah, we had the lead for one minute. And that, and that was that was and so you felt like after Colorado, all right, finally those I was right. Those couple of games were tough. This is a road game. We got a point out of it. And then New England happened. A man down too. Uh, yeah, the, right, right, JD exactly. Clean it up with ten men. And, uh, but then after New England, I'm like, there's no more excuses, no more caveats. We may really be this bad, and I don't have any reason to think that there's something on the horizon that's going to make us not ever be that bad. And fortunately, there was. Actually, we made that trade with Colorado right after that that helped. Let's not pretend to turn this into a defensive juggernaut, but it certainly fucking helped. Um, man, that was a low moment after that game, though. And I was hanging out with my kids on a weekend, and they were really fucking cranky, too. So it was all well, you were hanging out with your kids. Your kids are fucking bad, They, man. My kids are great. But they're also no. three, and so Bad. that's all of those things mixed together. So I was just cranky the whole day, I guess. People with kids can't tell you how kids are. People. W- he doesn't have kids. He can't make that proclamation that your kids are awful. Right? I've met, I've met I, his kids. I don't have kids. I can't make that proclamation. But I've, but I've met his kids. Dude, so. Zeller, if you think my kids are bad, you think all kids are bad. Eh. I have some good fucking kids. I know okay. every parent's supposed to I've think heard, that. I, but I've seen your kids... Uh, Shut up. We're not going Whatever. down that road. All right. <laughs> this one, uh, now this is where smoke is going to start coming out of ears and eyes are going to turn bloodshot. Front office grade. All right. Zeller, I'm going to throw it to you because you're the one who said the F word on our podcast the most about this topic. Front office grade. And by F word, I don't mean F as a grade, uh, but maybe. Yeah. Well, so preseason, easily D minus F for sure. Um, during the season, maybe a B, B minus, probably. Uh, so overall, it's a C minus for me. Okay. Um, clearly, they failed on 
nearly all fronts when it comes to when it came to making acquisitions, um, and that includes the the, the coach. Uh, most of their international players were terrible. They failed in the expansion draft. They failed in many respects. The hit on Abu Dhabi. I think Abu Dhabi is is probably has some has a future in this league. Whether it's with Minnesota or not, I don't know. But he he's a decent player. Um, they hit on so minimal of players from the from the from the preseason, but they did actually rebound relatively well. Um, and the problem is, is that. I don't think this front office and the head coach gel in terms of like what how the team wants to play. So sure. I give I give this basically a C minus for the front okay. office. So. Okay. I want to hand this to Bruce. I've got my thoughts, but I, I want to play off of Bruce here a little bit. I want to just kind of pile on. Oh, yeah, pile on with him. Perfect. Do it. Because I give them an F preseason. Okay. From the time they made the announcement onward, they get an F. Because, you know, the whole thing of, oh, we just, we got a late start. Oh, bullshit. You've been a team for 28 years. There's Manny Lagos has been in charge of this team for, what, eight or nine yeah. years? Yeah. Nobody's, nobody just, stopped you from starting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100% agree. That's just a joke. And they've used it so many times. Yeah. And it's so lame. Yep. They get an F, flat-out F. You guys didn't even mention that they way overpaid for Kevin Molino either. You know? Way overpaid. At the time, it was an MLS record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They way overpaid for, and Orlando didn't even want him. That's they didn't even care. That's a good point. Yeah. So, F, flat out F. But the fact that the attendance rose consistently throughout the season, and the energy g- grew game to game to game to game to game, especially by the end. I mean, that's that part right there is a good solid B. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's what a C minus or a D plus doesn't have to average out you can still say it's an f yeah it was an f and a b <laughs> an f and a b yeah f and b yeah um f and b. I, it's interesting because you were much more critical so n- not critical Here, here's the thing i think you misunderstand me sometimes when i'm trying to be what i feel like is objective and try to see all sides and consider the good and the bad and you're like you fucking chill and then so <laughs> that's true i do that you you do that to me. You are uh, a shill sometimes. Oh, sh- yeah, that's that's was it what you took out of that is yeah. that sometimes I'm a shill. Yeah. Um, so I actually have a lower grade overall. I, I honestly, I front office, um, I'm giving them around overall a D. So obviously, and we don't need to talk about it too much more. We swung and missed on a ton of guys out of the gate. Obviously, um, the Cronin Birch trade suggested they at least saw the flaws and could work through them. But here's where I really started to lose faith. Because even if you could make, and I don't agree with all of them, but if you could make the right excuses about the beginning of the year, what happened around the middle of the year, we get another transfer window. We start bringing in a flood of wingers, none of whom have the quality consistently compete for starting roles in here. And, and, and I walked away with that saying, even if you give every benefit of the doubt at the beginning of the year, what are we doing right now? Not only are these players not good enough, but it lacks a consistent direction. It's it, you're, you're clearly not observing the biggest needs that this team has, and nor are you trying to put guys together that fit a cohesive vision for what you want the team to do. That is the most damning thing for me because you had every time in the world to gel with a coach, see how they're playing on the field, react to it, all this kind of stuff, and there's no evidence that that happened, and that's a problem. So ultimately, that rolls into what I was thinking about the head coach grades. 
Oh, we can get to the head coach grades <laughs> here, but I will I, I, I make sure that that's clear. Oh, it's yeah. like Boxall, Nicholson, and stuff. What did they see there that so made them think we've got it? But no, guys, hold uh, on. We ultimately, fucking figured ultimately, it out. Ultimately, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a front office decision, and there's a head coaching decision. This may be our transition to the head coaching grade here. Yeah. Let's um, do it. That's what he said. It's I, I'm not – we don't – It's at, it's at best a it's at best a D with with Heath. Um, I think it's a D minus minus. D minus minus. Probably an the F, gentleman's but F. Is that yeah, I just I, 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 I mean I I've met Adrian. I think he's a good guy. I, I really like him. Um, I always love when people give people failing grades professionally. They have to uh, remind people they're like, look, he's not a prick. Yeah, like, I'm not. Like, I'm not exactly, you don't need to say that. Like. I'm not exactly sure why he gives everybody or he gives some people an absolute pass. Molino, Johan Venegas. Yep. Uh, but others are in the doghouse the entire fucking year without any r- rhyme or reason other mm-hmm. than he didn't play hard against New York City. Uh, yeah. Ibarra. But Davis and Venegas got no runouts almost whatsoever after, like, two games where they right. were overpowered because either the team was uh, shorthanded because of international breaks or they were playing – with other shitty players. I don't understand. He kept throwing his players under the bus consistently without yeah, unacceptable, yeah. ever taking, I mean, you know, whatever you want to say about you know, Jose Marino, uh, he at least will be like, you know what? I'll take the heat. He doesn't throw his players under the bus. Like He throws everybody he's else a under shitty, the bus. He's a, he's a <laughs> shitty person and a shitty coach. Uh, but he at least will like. He's a great coach. He's, he's a, a great guy. coach. He's a shitty guy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's a that's, better way to put it. Fair. And he has um, his players' backs. Yeah. What if, what if he was going to be the coach of Minnesota United? Yeah, he's not going to throw oh, his I'd players yeah. under the bus. <laughs> Would you say yes or no? God, yes. Yeah. In a heartbeat. <laughs> in a fucking heartbeat, yeah. man. He's bad uh, until he's on the table, yeah. But he kept, he kept throwing his players. And yeah, even that. eventually at the end of the season, he threw all of his players under the bus yeah. where he said the. that he wouldn't let any of his players talk to the press because they, they were – you know, he was fed up. Players. Fed up. He's right. Fed up. So here's a here, yeah. So, well, here's a but here's can I can I finish though? Um, can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? And then and then Bruce, you you can you can you can jump in here. I just want to um, add to what you're saying. Yeah, he has no desire to change the 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 formation that he wants to play. He has none of the players that want to play that formation, and he has been part of the recruitment of the players that want to play that formation but none of the players are able or want to play that formation D minus at best and the gentleman's F the gentleman's F because he's a nice guy <laughs> because he's because he's a nice guy and he's an Everton he's an Everton player uh, and and Everton's got they need all the help they can get so spiritual and otherwise I I, 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 I cede the floor to Bruce. Seated. So check this out. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce just, has got some things. I, no, I just looked at the grade I gave him. This is weird. <laughs> I don't know what it even means. I gave him a C minus. <laughs> oh, okay. Defend that. I, I can't, but I did. It's weird. I don't know what that's about. I do. God, it's a tough. It's a tough one here. I really don't like him at all as a coach just a flat out f minus right but on the flip side god i don't know 
there's just some days when I'm like, maybe I don't know anything. Maybe I'm missing the whole thing, you know? And, and, and normally, like, he just, you know, we talked a couple of times, and after that, he just avoided me because I was so critical. He, so and that's he, fine. He's got thin skin. I he, know that. He has, he has changed his formation, but he doesn't actually ever want to change the formation. And he has, he has a formation in his head that he wants to do. And if you don't have the play, he so the the for me ultimately the the the, the best tradition of a coach is is are you putting people in the best position to do the best for themselves or are you putting people in the best position to fail? Ultimately, mostly, he was putting people in the the best possible outcome was them to be mediocre, right and. The worst possible outcome was they were going to fail miserably, and they mostly failed miserably. Like, best outcome, you, f- you are mediocre, and, you know, maybe the, they, they get the job done. So, I just want to kind of add on to why I gave him an F minus, even though it was a <laughs> C minus on my paper. Why it became an F minus. Two things, and it's two things you came to. Early in the season, we heard this report that Johan Venegas walked out of practice and then skip practice the next day that weekend they went on the road they took him with and he came on as a sub now any player in my team that does that you're not going on no road trip it's going to be a cold day in yeah hell before right you get, you're, you're going to have to be the best player on the in on the team in practice to get back on that field because you don't pull that dick move apparently i mean he took him with on the road trip and played him. Then, second to the last game in Los Angeles, Kevin Molino goes away with Trinidad. And uh, the first game of the two, the second was the nightmare against the USA, but the first game, he got a yellow card, so he was suspended. So he could have, on Saturday morning, flown back to the U.S. to train all week with Minnesota. But I think since he was originally scheduled to be there till Wednesday, Okay, fine. Let him be with his buddies in Trinidad. But if you followed him on twi- on Instagram, they had a hell of a good time that week, him and his buddies. Then he doesn't even fly back to Minnesota. He flies to meet them in Los Angeles on Friday. And then they play the game on Sunday, and he starts him. He starts him. And pulls him off. And pulls him off at halftime. Halftime. F minus. <laughs> Those are pretty damning examples. So I don't want to say what's already been said, and you guys have said a lot. So what I'll add is this. Uh, I don't believe personally that a head coach has as much of an impact on the results as we think we do, as we think they do. Um, the, it, I, I think that 11 better players are going to beat 11 better players 90% of the time. I think Johan Cruyff said that in his coaching days. Um, but, but it is the head coach's job to do other things, which includes uh, uh, enabling his players, uh, giving them motivation and support, and, 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 and creating a culture and an atmosphere which allows them to succeed, things like that. Now, if you are at a point... Teaching them tactics. Teaching them tactics. Uh, yeah, yes, I think, I think that's good, but I, I also believe that 11 better players can beat 11 worse players, even using somewhat the wrong tactics, more often than not. That's my, that's my true belief. Um, 
of course, he didn't have the best players at his disposal, but he nor did he make the most out of them. He wanted to play a high possession style because it's something that is his own preference. He doesn't have the team to do that. He does not have the skill to do that. He doesn't have possession-based guys. He doesn't have a single person on the team who can consistently win a one-on-one -on -one dribble or anything, but he still wants to play that style. Not adapting your tactics to the tools that you have is a level of hard-headedness that's unacceptable. Now, the other thing that's unacceptable, as you guys have already intimated, is the kind of stuff where you just like throwing your team under the bus kind of bullshit, okay? Even if the very worst iteration of that were true, even if he had pictures of, of, of Jerome Thiessen fucking his wife down in L.A. or whatever, you don't do anyone any... Yeah, yes. Well, Mark, no, 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 not Jerry going down. Fucking uh, his wife. Miguel Barra is like, is they, is they taking her from the back door? And, uh, yeah, and, you know. and Jerry's got the front door. I don't yeah. care if he literally found them doing that and he hated them for that reason. The worst possible thing, you don't do anyone any favors by going public with that kind of discontent. You create a, a huge morale issue. You create a huge trust issue. And there, you gain nothing except maybe a, a swat at your own so pride or something like can, that. So can, can unacceptable. We, can we make, a, make a, a point that maybe like having a, uh, a relatively prominent person as manager... Probably not the greatest thing in the world. What do you mean prominent? So like Adrian Heath was a, a pro relatively prominent striker for Everton and okay. for many clubs in in Europe, and I mean not, maybe not for most of the of the U.S. soccer viewing public, but oh, maybe he thinks I think he's he, pretty. I think he was pretty overrated. What? Myself. <laughs> Fair I, enough. But I mean, I, yeah, he, but he knew him and he was a nice guy but and he I, was popular, but. Again, I th but here's the, I think he I think he thinks he's a bigger thing than he, like, I think he's bigger shit than he thinks he is. That's kind of sure. my whole fucking. There are people in this world him, who so. think that they're gigantic shit. Yeah. I think of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but he can back it up, and so because he can back it up, he's funny and he has a great sense of humor. So, but when you're somebody who thinks that you're big shit and you do not have any of the results to back it up, then you're a douchebag, and that's what we're looking at right now. Can we? Let's. Uh, it's it's an F. It's enough. And, and, you know, and Zeller knows that I've tried to look at things from all sides. He gave me a lot of shit for trying to defend some of the things, you know, okay, well, Heath has to do this I, and this Yeah, and this I too. did give him a lot of shit. You gave me a lot defended. of shit. He and, defended and, and, it for a long time. Uh, right, defended we, is the wrong word. Hey, Objective, can, balance, look. All right, so is we, what? We have, this is going to be a very long podcast. This, right, yes. Anyways. <laughs> We're going to have to split this up into four podcasts. Let's, let's move on. We're, let's move on before uh, off the field grade. Fuck the off the field grade. Let's move on to general discussion. Um, I would actually like to uh, do a world premiere of Dunord. Start the Dunord best eleven. Wow, nice. Yeah. So this is world premiere on the on a podcast. Your best eleven. You're Bruce 13. McGuire. You're thirteen. It's my thirteenth. All right. And you and you can you, best eleven. You can find uh, Bruce at uh, at Dunord on Twitter. Uh, the Dunord. Uh, dot blogspot.com, right? Dunordfootball.com. Uh, Dunordfootball.com, okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so do, so Bruce, Bruce yeah, is going to read his best 11, and then you will see this uh, tomorrow, tomorrow on on, uh, on his uh, on his blog. On so board. let's go. Okay, so best 11, goalkeeper, Tim Melia from Kansas City. Of course. Of course. He was the best, best goalkeeper. Uh, defenders. And I always, I, I literally line them up. I pick a right fullback, a right center back, a left center back, a left fullback. Tyler Adams, right fullback. Okay. Roman Torres, right center back. 
All right. Uh, left center back is Ike Opara. That's that's obvious. And yeah. left fullback is Justin Morrow. Okay. That's my defense. Okay. Adams, Torres, Opara, Morrow. Perfect. My defense. Midfield. Midfield. Diego Valeri. Yes, of course. Michael Bradley. Yeah. Romain Alessandrini. Yes. He, and, so, Vic, and Victor Vasquez. Can I can I we stop. Oh, can no, we, no, no, please no, can do. we can we talk about Alessandrini? Yeah. Alessandrini was probably the best acquisition for MLS this year. Honestly? No. Who? Uh um I can say it closer to the mic. Miguel Almiron. That's is how true. Almiron was, but Alessandrini really he was w- huge. Was Had one of the year. best players in MLS this year. And so. he he did great despite having a shitty team around him. That's true. Yeah. So true. I'm. Yeah. We even did one of our podcasts. I, I, I'll Romain give you Almiron, but Alessandrini. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> I think if Alessandrini had been on a really good team this year, he'd be a candidate for MVP. Absolutely. He wouldn't win it because he's not the best, but he'd be a candidate. Yeah. Because he's that good. That's fair. Two strikers. David Villa. Yep, of course. And uh, my controversial pick is Josef Martinez. Uh-huh. 17 games, 19 goals. Yeah. The guy was a monster when he played. Yeah, but he was hurt a lot. I know, but God damn, was he good when he was on the field. Holy shit. Okay. So why don't you ask the okay. obvious questions? Uh, so. Like, why wasn't Ibsen on my best 11? Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. until today. Until <laughs> so we talked you out of it. No, <laughs> no we, we just wanted, we wanted to, like, uh, host, like, the best the best 11 of a guy who watches a lot of MLS soccer. Yeah. So, thank you. Thank you, Bruce. I'll challenge him. Fine. Thank no. you. All right. You, this, have, you, this, have, you have questions? This isn't a challenge, but it's a question. Um, yeah. Sebastian Javinko. Gonna take Zeller's mic there. I just want—I just want to hear your thoughts. Uh, obviously, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. You probably don't think he's bad, but if somebody's got to make the list. Somebody doesn't. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, he's fantastic. Right. I, I mean, you're right. How do I leave that guy out of my best eleven? Sure. I, I'm not sure. I picked Martinez over him, basically. Okay. Um, Nemanja Nikolic. Exactly. Another same, one. Same argument. Okay. I mean, here is one thing, because these are actually my MLS votes that I made, and. Uh, Wow, I took Nikolic out of my newcomer of the year too. <laughs> preseason, preseason, I named Nikolic the newcomer of the year before the season started. He was my pick. MVP Which Zeller, by the way, acquisition by the league, Nemanja Nikolic has to be in that conversation too. What's that? You talked. You talked about Alessandrini being the best acquisition. You got. You got to throw Nemanja Nikolic in there that, too. One hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Sure. I mean, the problem with both those guys, is you only get so many picks, so then it just becomes yeah. personal preference. Right. My best 11 maybe isn't like who are the best 11 players. It's my best 11. Sure. That's fair. You know? That's a good way to look at it. Those guys are great. Yeah. I mean, Jovinko, yeah. Ooh, Nikolic, fantastic. Sure. I mean, I think ultimately that means that there's a lot of really good talent in the MLS going forward. And one of the the key things is that the guys like Bastian Schweinsteiger – those days are leaving us behind. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, and, and he was a great signing. Was, he, he, was good for he provided value too. Time but but we are now in the wave of yeah. the young guys like Almiron, 
uh, adding guys like Nikolic and stuff like that. We're in, we're looking at different markets. We're not worried about uh, the the already existing star power so much as we're looking about guys who can be great now in the peak of their career here. Jovinko was maybe the heralding uh, person of that new era. Guys who are in their prime succeeding now. Um, wow. That's a cool place to be for MLS right now. Yeah, that's, and that's awesome. And we're very excited to uh, do our best 11. You know what World I'm premiere. You know what I'm excited about? They're playing the cramps in here. <laughs> They're playing the fucking cramps. I don't know when the last time was I heard the cramps in public. <laughs> this next, is incredible. Next uh, time you want to come uh, hang out with a podcast, like, we'll let you know. Yeah. You can always, you always come to You have an open invitation to come down to the podcast and hang out with us. So uh, let's jump into some generals because we have a, a bunch of Bruce questions and a bunch of other questions. Wow. So This is a podcast series yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the Bruce so Dialogues. General discussion. Ninth in the West. So we're talking about Minnesota United, obviously, now. Ninth in the West, 10, 18, 16, 1.06 points per game. That's acceptable for an expansion team? Yes? Not really. Okay. Um, I know that I feel he, like you said. I feel like you said yes earlier. Heath in, in the paper said that they were as good as 60 to 70% of the expansion team. So I went and did the math. And they're down in the 40th percentile. So he was way off. Okay. All right. Um, on the other hand, I picked them to finish eighth, and they finished ninth. I don't see any difference between eighth and ninth. You're out of the playoffs. So they did about what I thought they'd do. Okay. All right. Um, so I don't like this next question, so I'm going to skip it. So what are the highest that you, you've obviously talked about on Twitter, on your Twitter – uh, which is at Junord. Uh, what are the highest needs in this offseason? And can you just literally bang it into any Minnesota United front office person's Adrian Heath is a regular listener to the podcast. Yeah. Sure. Can you just bang it into their heads right now? What are the highest needs in this offseason? I've been saying this for years, literally years, and Manny doesn't listen. Well, Manny maybe Defense. is on his way out. Defense. Yeah. Defense. Defense. They just set a record for most goals allowed ever. Defense for fuck's 69, sake. though, which is nice. 70. 70. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, damn it, Red, that's right. I mean, 69 would have been the open cup tiding. 74. Yeah. But their quotes in the paper said they're looking for attackers and wings and central midfielders. They didn't make one mention of defense. It's all about defense. Bobby Shuttleworth would be a great backup goalkeeper on this team. All right. So, so what? They need starters at all four positions in the back. All four. They need better players. All right. They so, need a better defensive midfielder. That's six guys right there that they need badly. Okay. Toronto, from day one, has spent money on their team. The first nine years in MLS, they didn't make the playoffs. You know why? They didn't spend a penny on their defense. In year 10, they spent on defense. They got to the playoffs. They lost right away to Montreal. Year 11, they made it to the final. And year 12, as of this point, they're the favorite to win it, and they're the best team in the league. They are. It's all about defense. Yeah, they are the best team in the league. It's all about defense. Well, and I think that uh, I, I think about a team like Sporting Kansas City, who are playoff perennials, won it once, won the Open Cup once. They've had a lot of success. Um, 
uh, you know, final this year too. They've always been about defense. Now they've had some good strikers that have come and gone. Kai Kamara had a few great years there. Dom Dwyer had a couple of great years there. You don't have to like him for him to have scored some goals, but that's never been the highlight there. Um, Fail Hoppers had some success there, but you've never looked at their goal score and said, God damn, what a high-flying offense. It's been about a high press, and it's been about a really, really strong defense. This year, their defense was shockingly good. I mean, like half as many goals as the next nearest team allowed. Um, and, and that's part of the reason that they have not just success, but longevity and success is because that's always the foot that they put forward. So I don't and, disagree. And they did that. it without spending Toronto's money. Yeah, they've always been a team. I want to be in the middle. I want to spend a lot more than Kansas City, but because I want offense too. Right. But they right found a man now, way to this offseason, it's defense. I'm going to counter and say that I, I think that, um, although I think that his second half of the year was poorer than his first, I think Francisco Calvo could be a starter on this team. I, I think he's good enough. I think he'd look better with uh, a, a better shield in front of him in a number six and probably a better back line, too. Um, and, of course, we know sneakily he can get forward and do some scary stuff, too. Calvo should, Calvo should be either a left back uh, or in the central mid. Just to Calvo's take advantage a, of his ability a, to get a, forward, you mean? center back. I mean, if, if we're to spend money and we're I'm gonna, not smart enough to tell up, you that he can or can't. We're upgrade really. positions. Calvo's not a... Uh, uh, center back, or he's not, you know, he or she, he should be on the left back or okay. moved up. So, all right, all right. Um, so, this is a, just a general question again. What does success in 2018 look like for you, Bruce? Wow, that is a hard question. I mean, I would like them to be a team that people hate to play against. An expansion team that should be your goal. You should be a team. I, I don't care if they make the playoffs. I mean, I'd love it. I want it. But just be the team that nobody wants to fucking play. And they have to be a lot better on the road. They're miserable on the road. They're just awful. And, fi and finally, 14 or 15 times this year, they gave up an early goal. And that's unacceptable. And that started the first game, and it went to the last game. And that's all mental. That's all the coach. That's all the strategy. That's all the attitude. That that's those three things. Be be miserable to play against. What was the second thing I said? Who cares? Giving up giving up uh, early goals. Well, that's the third thing. I had three. Anyway, th that's what I believe. That's so that's success. It's like you're. Uh, you're a pain oh, to win, pay. Win more on the road. Well, yeah, pain to pay. Pain to play to, better on the road. Yeah, right, pain to play on the road. You don't give up early goals. Period. So, yeah, I, that, I generally agree with that. So, Martin, you got anything else on that? Uh, I, I, I want so, I, and you know this about me. I'm much less concerned with results than the inputs that get you there because I feel like if you work on the input that gets you there, all the rest of that stuff will come, right? So. I feel like what I want to see is when we look at acquisitions, when we look at team building, when we look at strategy, I want to see a consistent vision and I want to leave the season saying we've made progress toward that vision. So if we're going to be a counter-attacking team, it doesn't have to be that, I'll just say that. If we're going to be a counter-attacking team that we've begun to put the pieces in place that obviously fit that strategy, part of that probably includes a coach who, who can coach to that strategy, that we've put players in place that can execute on it. And even if we end the season without a great record, I can say this is the core to build on for the future toward a specific. I, I left the end of the season saying, I don't 
I, other than knowing that we have weak players and that we need to get better ones, tactically, you can't say what kind of team is Minnesota. There's not a what kind of team is Minnesota. If we leave 2018, regardless of results, shitty. knowing that. Shitty team. Yeah, shitty. We know that, yeah. If we can leave 2018 saying wins or losses, we know what that is, and now we're just adding a few more pieces to complete the vision, I'll be happy. Do you guys think we could fix it with a giant frying pan, a uh, big iron skillet? It couldn't fucking do worse than what the strategy they used this oh year. Oh, God, I would love a giant iron skillet. Be good. It'd be but a good I, TIFO. I'm, I'm, one of the, I'm, one, I'm one of the old schools, the old iron, iron skillet TIFO people. I'm not one of the what? OGs, but I'm one of the old schools. The OGs? Yeah. The OGs are yeah. this guy. So I, um, I was going to ask what his failure looked like in 2018, but I suppose it'd be the flip side of, of success, right? Yeah, more of the same. Yeah. What's... Uh, um, Let's move along to the. Yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to the Bruce questions. Bruce I don't want to ask any questions. other general questions. So these are less about soccer, although they're about soccer. These are questions. Yeah, we really have beat the team to death, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, we said yeah, all the things have. there is yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. We don't like this team. That's mostly. But we love this team. Yeah. Right? Oh God, we, we we do a fucking podcast. Well, it's kind of like it's, we love this goddamn it's, team. That's the, so it's much. like heroin. Like nobody who's been addicted to heroin is like I love heroin. Like nobody. That's not what it's like to be addicted to heroin. There's like I can't get enough heroin. That's no, fair. but it's a compulsive like addiction, and that's what this team is. It's a compulsive addiction that I can't say no to, even when it ruins me. Yeah, I don't think you've ever done heroin. Not as yeah, much. No, no. Not as much as I would like. You yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. I have. I did have think you? of one thing that I, I was going to say earlier. Remember the thing I forgot. Yep. Go earlier on my blog. It's right after the final game a day or two later. I posted my 25 favorite moments of the season. Oh, I remember that. That, that was amazing. Yeah, because I was so sick and tired of being negative. Sure. You know, just so tired. God damn. They're playing born to lose by the New York Dolls. It's a great place. Unbelievable. Isn't it? Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, guys. Good God. It doesn't look cool, but it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I did. I, I know, right? On purpose, I wrote a list of my 25 favorite things of the season. And it's a really good list, and it's very genuine from my heart. Good. That's I what say that list, that list is amazing. I went back and read all of his blogs, so I, I know. I remember. 13 years. You read them all. I read them all I yesterday. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk about Bruce questions here. So um, uh, we talked about um, covering ESPN. We talked about writing for ESPN. Uh, let me ask, how does your approach differ uh, supporting ESPN, writing for ESPN than it does, writing for your blog, doing some of the other stuff that you've done in the past? It's just more, it's proper sentences. Okay, sure. Paragraphs, <laughs> a theme. Where the blog is stream of conscious. Okay. I just, I use one of those text files, you know, and I just start typing. Like the notepad? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I put it in some kind of, I mean, I have a, a template, and I stuff it all in there, and then I don't proofread the blog. So for when I'm getting paid... I proofread stuff like that. That's the only difference. Right. And, you know, it's proper sentences, proper paragraphs, a theme, you know, a, an intro, a meat of the, and an, and an ending. And they like it when you do that, don't they? I don't know. I don't like, do, <laughs> I don't like doing it, though. That's all okay. I got to say. Yeah. You don't like it, the doing the ESPN thing in general, or you don't like doing the proofreading and stuff? I don't like writing as a writer. Okay. I like just, you know, kind of gibberish. It's, you, you like getting one feelings, liners. discussion. One-liners. Okay, one-liners. Yeah. I like that. It's good. This podcast could have been less than two hours if we would have known that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, got to ask you, do you ever miss the podcast game? I mean, I know you're, you've talked about uh, a potential podcast, so. 
Well, off off air before we started, Dave and I talked about it. Dave Martin and I. And you know, right now, no, I thought I did, and then I didn't. Okay. And um, I stopped doing it for a reason, you know. And and then I almost did it again, and then I didn't. Um, there's ways I could do a podcast, and I would love it. It'd be a lot of fun, but it's got to have a lot of elements correct. You know, a lot of people I really like involved. I don't want to work with strangers. Sure. I don't want to. Like the Daves. Well, I paid to do this, so that's okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. That's that's fair. I don't have any choice. I paid. <laughs> that's good. Well, we won't dig into that. Did, did you ever get? I, I think you did. Like back when you decided to quit, did people ask you a lot of questions? Like Bruce, everything okay, man? Like you? No, no, no one asked me if oh. I was okay. Oh, oh. which is would very you have liked them too? <laughs> I would love that. But um, a million people. I still get it almost every single day. I love the podcast. Please do it again. And that's incredible. I mean, God damn, that's a great feeling. Yeah, right. So it can't can't be just about about them though. You gotta you gotta do it when you're ready and, and when you want to do it. And I mean, I have to do things that way in my life. Sure. I mean, we get people all the time who are like, "Oh, we love your podcast." I'm like, "Why the fuck do you listen to us <laughs> all the fucking time?" So it's very exciting. I mean, I'm, I, and if you, if you can do it. I, I, I will listen to it, obviously. Yeah. 100%. You know so. what I'd really, really, really love to do? Do something where I could tie together all the things I love. Books and art and music and soccer and crazy, just weird, bizarro shit. And tie it all together in one podcast. That's I'm in. what I really want. Bruce, I'm in. I'm in, Bruce. I don't know how to do it, but it could be great. Dave Martin's probably not in, but I'm in. I'll fund it. Would you, would you listen? He will fund it. Listen, yeah. yeah, he know, he'll once, fund it. Right? Uh, yeah, I'll find out if it's any good or not. Yeah, okay. It's kind of like your show. I listen at least once, right? Find out. Right. Yeah. Right. Or deleting it. From, All right. Uh, Google yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so you guys, we got some more questions for you, Bruce. Um, so what do you feel when you see the dirt clouds, the size of the group now, as it's expanded so much, rooting for an MLC team, it's weird it's weird because there was no plan there was no let's start a supporters crew I mean it was just we Andy Wattenhofer and I talked about meeting some more fans we met in 2001 and three years later the team decided to move to St. Paul and we thought there's a way to get this done because none of our friends would ever go to Blaine so we're like this is a chance maybe we can get some of our friends to go and so we kind of put out the call. There used to be a message board that got destroyed by one asshole. And we... Oh, no. He, oh, that'd be great. That would be awesome. No, and we, um, we put out the word, come meet us. And it was just about hanging out with like-minded people. And it, it just took on its own life. I mean... The idea for the original logo was a friend of mine who is an artist who used to draw these big blue skies with these little white fluffy clouds. And he draws them very childlike, very kind of simplistic line drawings. And I called him and said, he lives in Detroit, his name is Davin Brainerd, he's a great artist. I said, Dav, could you make me like a gray background with a black cloud? He's like, sure. 
So he made me one, made a JPEG, and I made some buttons. And I just made them, and I just walked around passing them out. I didn't tell anybody what they were, anything. I just made these buttons. And then it just kind of went. Somebody then made a, cl- uh, a flag, and then somebody did this, somebody did that. And it just kind of kept going, kept going, kept going. Now, as it got bigger, um, there was a website at one point called Blue Sky Soccer, kind of the opposite of Dark Clouds, Blue Sky. Sold a lot of merch. Then we had another asshole that stole all the money. He had access to the bank account, and he drained it. That was bad. Jesus Christ. And, you know, we went to war, you know. And we eventually got our money, but not from him, from other people, you know. But then as it got bigger, I kind of went, you know what? And people were like, we should have membership. We should, you know, we were making scarves and all. It was great. We should have membership. We should. And I'm like, eh, I don't want to have membership. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to make this into some big official thing. I like it better when it's just off the books and kind of chaotic and no one's in charge. Definitely no one in charge. But I always said that if other people wanted it to be whatever, I was fine with it. Because I'm just one person, it's it's not mine. And so as time has gone on, it's been more and more ideas from outside and more and more people got involved. And I, I really like everybody who's been involved, but I don't want any of this. I don't want, I don't want a board of directors. I don't want a president. I don't want a, a nonprofit. I don't want membership. I don't want voting for shit. I want chaos. I, I want, you know, just a shitstorm. Uh, yeah, let's, you know? let's. That's what I want. Let's fucking and, do it. But on the flip side, I also can't really talk anymore. I'm still a member. I will always be a member because even though I don't want to be, that's what it is. So I'm, a, I'm there. But I also, I'm not in the dark cloud section this year for the first time in my life. Yeah. I got a seat over on the side because I don't like being in the end of the field. You're in the, you're in the gray cloud section, 138, right? I don't know what that means even. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I really love where I sit, and, and I have 13 friends with me, and it's phenomenal. I mean, we have a great time. So, All right. so I still love the Dark Clouds deeply. Well, you, 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 you can always be a Dark Cloud whether you are sitting in the Dark Cloud section or not. Yeah. That's 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 the that's that's the beauty. Oh, you know, you, you as long as I get my thirty-five dollars. Thirty-five right? bucks. It, that's all. You, that's all. That's all you have to do, and that is the beauty of the uh, dark cloud section. Is that all you need to do is just pay the thirty bucks, and you're good. Um, so we have some other questions. Uh, I think we're gonna jump to. Uh, we're gonna skip the. Uh, my stupid questions. Is that right? I want to hear Dave's stupid questions. Come on. That could be a whole segment. It's well, no, it would I, have to be its own segment. Literally, this yeah. the podcast, podcast went, might be two hours long, so I'm gonna. We can make a Bruce episode. We'll just, you know, we'll we'll talk we'll talk season recap earlier. We'll so, do you want to do the questions? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right, all right. You are gonna love this. This all is right. gonna be your biggest episode ever. Biggest is be. the right you know, word for it. Yeah. It might no, be no, yeah. I mean, like most popular. Yeah. People are gonna fucking yeah. love this. All right, so <laughs> go. Out. All right, all right. Um, so <laughs> let me ask you this. Um, Music has always been a big part of your life. Who are, who are you listening to lately? Um, that's a good question. I've got every week I do a music mix, eight songs, put it out. It's out there for download. You can go check it out. It's out there every week. Um, sorry. Right now, what would be a couple of good ones? Because, you know, you always go in those streaks up and oh, down yeah. and up yeah. and down and up and down. Comes and goes. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've got any particular artist on my mind right now. I've been listening to a lot of really super minimal techno. 
Okay. Like really minimal. Okay. There was these guys in in uh, Berlin or in Cologne, Germany, in the '90s, and I've been going back to them, and um, they recorded under the name uh, Basic Channel. Okay. And their label was called Rhythm and Sound. So all that stuff, all the Basic Channel, Rhythm and Sound stuff, fucking fantastic. I That's love great. It. Um, I also really just love rock music. Mm. Like today in the office, I listened to four ACDC records in a row. There you go. Yeah, all everything. Brian Johnson or oh, uh, no, no, no. Okay, Scott. early stuff. Yeah, okay. A- anything before Back in Black. Okay, that's my world. All right, I love that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna stick with that right now. ACDC and minimal techno. <laughs> you know, just my taste goes all over the place. That's good. It, yeah, and, and it should. But I, I'm also I, really picky. That's that's good. I think yeah. a lot of people think that they when if you ask them what kind of music they'll say, well, well like I listen everything. to all kinds. You know, Bullshit. rarely is that genuinely true. You know, I, I love those people because I can play them a thousand songs in a row that they won't like any of them. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. The challenge is on if you say that to me. <laughs> I will play careful. shit you hate, <laughs> and you never knew you hated it. It's you never know the joy of playing music that other people hate until you have kids. And then it's just like, how would you guys like to listen to this fucking art metal? And then they're just like, I, like for, for three-year-olds, fucking Old MacDonald is their wonder wall. Like, they just sing and they go, like, I can't fucking believe the song exists. This is amazing. And Hands in the air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how they see it. Um, let's uh, Thinking a little bit about soccer again, tangentially, new stadium in 2019. What are your biggest hopes for the new stadium in 2019? What are your biggest fears for the stadium in 2019? As far as what? Like what kind of building it is? Oh, it's a, bro- it's a broad question. It could be about game day experience, the facility, um, any of that stuff. I want it to be simplistic. Okay. The stadium itself. I don't need frills, but I also don't want it to be cheap. Okay. Like I heard that the supporter section is going to be all aluminum. Like not concrete. Okay. Like underneath, you know, the, the, the riser. All aluminum. I can't tell you if that's good or bad. I think it's cheap. Is it? I don't Sounds know enough about it. Sounds cheap to me. Okay. Yeah, Sounds cheap. cheap to me. I also, when you look at those drawings, and this is, sounds horrible because I'm so fucking excited about this. But when you look at those drawings, you got the cover over everybody. But I swear, when I look at those images, the roof over the supporter section recedes. I'd have to take a look at it again. I haven't seen that. Take a look at it. That would it. be you frustrating. Well, especially because that's where the sound that you want right? to capture and reflect right? out. That's and I'm just, maybe it's just weird angles and images. And but sure, I'm telling you, when I look at those images and the videos and all that, that roof that, disappears over the supporters. That would be a mistake. Yeah, huge mistake. I mean, it would be kind of a weird oversight because it would be such an egregious oversight. Really. Yeah. Yeah. But and I can't wait for the team to have their own home. It's going to be great. And, uh, you know, there's been rumblings over the time that there's going to be a pub built into it. Sure. That'd be incredible. Right. That'd be so great. Let's and do one it. of my dreams of that, if they do put a pub in it, I want them to go up and get the old scoreboard. The analog the scoreboard? The manual scoreboard uh. and put it in the pub. <laughs> that's what I want. That would be pretty great. Yeah. I'd be in on that. Yeah, that's one of the things I've heard that they're not going to do. A pub? A pub. They're not. I've heard I've heard things. I'm not a. It's just going to be a tunnel that leads to Big Top Liquors. Yeah, but if if it does, then yes. All right, save the Big Top. Damn the man, save the Big Top. 
Let's move into some. Uh, let's move into some questions from our listeners. We have a rabid fan base. Do you know that, Bruce? Yeah. Rabid. When, people with when, rabies. When they, when they know you are. Uh, people are, with rabies. Yeah. When they you know you are showing up for our, our stupid fucking podcast. So we have some questions. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Martin, you want to go? Yeah, sure. I'm sober. Uh, at and the Muppets, that Scott Demmerinville uh, asks. Um, so is it e- Scott is is a, is a uh, future uh, neighbor of mine. So a future neighbor of you. Yeah. So I should well, be actually, respectful as I read his question. Right okay. All right. I'll try and be nice about reading his question then. Um, is it unique to Minnesota soccer teams to play up to difficult opponents, but underperform against equal or inferior opponents, or is this just human nature and true of most soccer teams? I. I I don't know, because this team at different times has way overachieved. Sure. There's no reason in 2011 that they should have won a championship. Sure. And there was no reason in 2012 that they should have got back to the final and should have won it if Simone Broccolello hadn't taken that fucking free kick with about a minute left. I mean, Jesus Christ. That motherfucker. You know? And then it went to penalties and they lost. That was massive overachievement. So I don't believe that premise that sure. theory that he's running with. I don't okay. believe it at all. It just feels that way. because It might to him. It done to me. Okay. All right, so fuck Scott, basically. No, 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 no. Yeah. Come oh, on. No. Fuck Scott. The podcast name is going to be Bruce McGuire, colon, pre- fuck Scott. All right. And a quotation mark. Yeah. All right. So, uh. In parentheses, it's not Dave Martin's fault. Yeah. yeah. It's a long podcast Fair title, enough. really. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Char- Charlemagne, uh. Charles three, Mange three. Don't uh, fucking read out his dumb Twitter <laughs> handle for Christ's charged. sake. Basically, Charles not in charge. No one's um, gonna know who you. <laughs> oh, who is he talking about? Charlemagne. Oh, no. the Charles eight three he nine. Asked, fuck no, kitty kitty you, liquid. He has a very important question. Would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized Adrian Heaths or one Adrian Heath-sized duck? No, that was a the thing ant- like five years ago to ask yeah. that question. Yeah, I'm not answering that. Well, no, you, you have to. I'm not answering Well, isn't, it, isn't Adrian Heath roughly the size of a duck already? Like, is yeah, that, right? It's I mean, not even a hypothetical question. It would be like, it'd be like you'd be, From, you, you know, you could use, like, punts. Right. From what punt. I understand, the, the Adrian Adrian Heath, Heath gnome duck. is a life-size replica of Adrian yeah. Heath, as far as I'm aware. So. Question answered. Perfect. Thanks. Charles, Thanks. that Charles was a three, stupid Magna fucking question. Three. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Born with a tail. Uh, uh, that's this is Luke contri- Craig. Yep, Luke Craig contributed to the podcast. Contributed oh, to the website. Yeah. Oh. What's Bruce's favorite concert experience of all time? Yeah. Concert ex- concert experience. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Um, <laughs> Thanks, David. <laughs> I there's there's so many that it's virtually impossible. Sure. I'm not even kidding. Sure. No, you 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 got to pick one, man. I don't, but I'm going to give you a highlight. Okay. Because there's so many. Okay, so Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. I was never a fan. I didn't okay. care. I was like, how can you be raging against the machine when you're on Sony? <laughs> you know? That's fair. It's just lame. Yeah. But 100% fair. as time went on, and actually they had broken up already, I started to kind of feel it a little. Okay. Not all of it, but I was, I was like, you know, they're pretty goddamn good. All right. Then when the Republican National Convention came to the Twin Cities, to St. Paul, they reunited and did a show at the Target Center. I was at that show. And 
That show's fucking amazing. It sold out in like two seconds, and I didn't get a ticket. So on Dunord, I just put out the word, anybody got an extra ticket? Sure, somebody gave me one. So I went. I went by myself. You know, dude who's, I don't know how many years ago. I was in my 40s. Okay. I'm in my t-shirt, my shorts, you know. And I'm on the floor. I don't want to push too far forward because that's never been my thing. But I'm pretty close. And I know that there's all these kids looking at me like, what's the cop doing here? You know? <laughs> what the fuck? And, that's um, awesome. But then the lights went out, and that's always thrilling. That's a great thing. Oh, and yeah. I, I've never been a big fan of, of arena shows. I went to a lot when I was a teenager, but I don't love them. I like a little. The smaller the room, the better for me. Sure, sure. Anyway, though, the lights go out, and all these police sirens go off all over the building. They had mounted them all over. And you get the loud sirens through the PA and the red lights are flashing. And these row of military garb guards come on stage with a whole row of prisoners from Guantanamo. The orange jumpsuit, the black bag over their head. They march them out on stage. And the stage only has a small drum kit, one small bass amp, one small guitar amp, and one microphone. That's all that's on the stage. There's no backdrops. Right. There's no no arts. No. Like. No. The only thing was above the stage, they had these big light boxes with just white light bulbs. Okay. And they started blinking on and off, and it said, F U C K space R N C. <laughs> so fuck the Republican right, National right. Convention. Right. Jesus. I, I was at that show. And so the Dave was Dave, Dave Zeller was there, and. <laughs> They march them out on stage, and, and then I see that there's four prisoners, and I realize it's the four members of the band. And they guide them, because they got black hoods on. They bring one guy, and they're shackled. They take the shackles off them. They bring the one guy to the mic, one guy to the drums, one guy to the bass, one guy to the guitar. They put the guitars on them. The guards walk off. The lights stop, and they just hit the first note of the first song, and that entire arena just exploded. That's it was that's awesome. insane. That's great. And without even trying, my body is just leaping up and down <laughs> off the ground because it was so incredible. And they did three songs in a row to start the show without saying a word. Just right. bang, bang, bang. That I like. And by the time the third song is over, I'm gassed. I have no breath. <laughs> I'm like bent over, holding the shorts, breathing heavy, sweaty. And but then the show just kept going and it was it just didn't let up. And at That's one great. point, they had all the house lights on, and I'm looking up. People in the top row in the back are on their feet going nuts. I love that. Every person in the, in the arena is going fucking crazy. And that's really rare for an arena. Yes, really rare. Yep. The show ends, and they stay on stage, and they say, look, our friends who are here have just told us that the entire arena is surrounded by cops in riot gear, and they want to fight. They want to fight bad. And we're not going to give them what they want. We're going to walk out of this arena together, all of us. We're going to file out peacefully. We're going to walk right past them. We're not going to say a word. And we're just going to go upon our way. And they're going to be left standing there with their dicks in their hand, acting like fucking tough guys. And people were like, there wasn't a big roar. People were just like, yeah, cool. And just the band comes off the stage. They walk through the crowd. They head out a door. People follow. Everyone just walks out, walks right past all the cops. So there were cops out there. It wasn't just like oh, yeah. theatrics. Like okay. 500 of them. Okay, wow. Jesus. Oh, yeah. yeah. And nothing went down. Nothing. That's nothing great. Nothing went down. That's amazing. It's incredible. That sounds cool. Yeah. I do not have an experience like that. It sounds great. <laughs> it was good. 
Very cool. Uh, so your brother, Geargab, uh, Bill McGuire, not Dr. Bill McGuire, sure it's a smart <laughs> asked, when are we going on the motorcycle trip to the Grand Canyon that we talked about when we were 9 and 13 years old? That is a great question. I do not remember talking about this, but I have not been to the Grand Canyon since I was 15, and I really want to go again. Okay. So, so you should probably... Me and my brother, apparently, next summer, mo- because, a motorcycle because trip. we're not going to be watching the World Cup. So yeah. we got a month got off. Time, yeah. I apparently we're getting on motorcycles and going to the Grand Canyon. Do, do, you, guys, do you guys both have motorcycle licenses? Oh, hell or no. no. we got nothing. Okay. So no. it's mostly it's probably like a, a motor... A motor trip to I think uh, we're just gonna just steal motorcycles and ride them there okay that sounds like a terrible idea yeah but I'm in okay very I think good it's a great idea honestly I really do uh, right. fair enough. First I think it's a great idea all right fair enough uh, so my friend Nick asked uh, given the news of LAFC signing yet another DP 19 uh, year old Diego Rossi from Uruguay when can the loons expect McGuire to open up the uh, coin purse and splash some cash? Follow-up question. Are McGee and company in over their heads? So. I don't think anybody's in over their head. I, I think they have a budget that they're working with. We don't know what that is. It's, never, it's somebody else's money, so it's never as much as you and I want to spend. You know, I'd want to spend it all. Whatever that means. I mean, I could probably give them like, I don't know, like $200 if that would help, you know. But I don't know. I mean, our team is not LAFC. You know, we don't have Will Farrell and Mia Hamm as our part of our ownership group. Yeah, but, you know, but shouldn't this, shouldn't our fan base, shouldn't the Dark Clouds, shouldn't everybody who expects, who, who, Pays attention to this team, expect a lot more. Yes. From from Dr. McGuire and, and and the ownership group. So when 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 do we, when should we expect them to open up the purse books? That's basically the. I think that's ultimately the question. I mean, they will say they have opened up the purse, the the pocketbook because they're paying two hundred fifty million dollars for a stadium. You know. Bullshit. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. Well, I'm just saying. Also bullshit. Um. They are going to have to spend money to win, though. And if they want to learn that the hard way or the easy way is up to them. But it's the way it's going to go down. Otherwise, they're not going to win. And I think we really, really, really want this team to win. And I think at a certain point, people will become very frustrated if they don't win. Um, What I think, though, if you are going to go on a smaller budget, you just have to be a lot smarter than everybody else. You have to figure out different ways to go find players. Look what Salt Lake is doing this year with their youth revolution. Yep. It's really interesting. I, I'm curious to see how they do two, three years from now. Exactly. When yeah. all those kids are stepping into their prime. They could be really – I mean, they missed the playoffs by a point. Mm-hmm. They were right there till the last day. Yeah. And, they, you know, so you got to get creative if you're not going to go out and sign a lot of players and really spend. you got to get creative. Yep. And then the second part of the question is – are the people who are getting the players in over their heads? I, I don't have a clue, but we're going to find out over the next couple of years if they go out and find great players for cheap and pull off some magic tricks repeatedly and do cool stuff. We're going to say, hell yeah, they know what they're doing. If we go through another winter of signing these 
you know, Signing. the Demidovs of the yeah. world. And I don't think they did much better in the summer, only slightly. Yeah. If we get that again next winter and again next summer, we're in trouble. So that's one we'll know. We'll know next summer. Can, can, I, can I say that, yes, yes, Lagos is over his head. Lagos has been over his head for two years. Have you ever sat down to talk to Manny? No, because he's not. But I mean, maybe I'm lucky and I've gotten to do it a bunch of times. But he, I mean, he knows. It's not. Sure. Nothing sure. we tell him is a surprise. He knows. All right. He knows. Um, yeah, Ryan Burson was asking. Yeah, Ryan Burson asked a question about what is your best Montreal antics. Uh, story. So, like, the best Montreal meltdown. Can you give us the best Montreal meltdown? I mean, there's a lot of good ones, but I'll tell you my favorite. National Anthem time. They do the Montreal's in, in up in Blaine at the Nessie. The players are all out on the field. They got a player named, uh, why can't I think of his name? He's now their GM. Oh, uh, why is my mind so blank? This is terrible. Anyways, just tell the story. Hey, his out. name is part of it. Anyway, Jim Johnson. Okay. Jim Johnson is his name. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very French Canadian name. <laughs> they play the American national. No, they play the play the American national anthem. There's a short break. And they're going to play the Canadian national anthem. It's dead silent in the whole stadium, and you hear Tim Hayes, the super rookie from Orlando, Florida, at at, at the game, yells out. His name is Adam Braz. Adam Braz. Adam Braz. Hey, Adam Bras, he just yells this out. And the count is the, the clock on the scoreboard is counting down to zero for the kickoff. And it's at three minutes. And he yells out, Adam Bras, three minutes to meltdown. And you see the whole stadium chuckling. You see the players on both teams chuckling. You see Adam Bras get red in the face. He's furious. It didn't take long before he picked up a ball and whipped it at somebody. Got himself a yellow card that should have been red. Oh my god! And not long after that, he went in for a brutal tackle and got a red card. It was incredible. Wow! It was incredible. I love it. And it then draws three minutes to meltdown. And, it, and it's so uh, it's so cool. A great Iron Maiden song, by the way. Three minutes to melt. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I think it's cool the fans can have that kind of impact occasionally. Yeah. That you can just get under somebody's skin, yeah. make it happen like yeah. that. That's what makes it fun. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so I think we've got just one question, one more question from fans. Um, Luke had another question, right? Luke Craig. Um, Luke wants to know what was your weirdest, weirdest away day experience. Yeah, weirdest away day experience, Bruce. I would I would go with the 2011 second leg of the final in Fort Lauderdale. We got down there. It's, I don't know, maybe 20 people or so, 10, 15. I don't know, somewhere in there. And it rained all day long. It never stopped raining. We're at this shitty hotel. We go to a shitty bar. We go find some rain ponchos to put on. <laughs> we go. Like you, 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 you literally went and found rain, rain ponchos? Yeah. Okay. It literally rained all day long, and it didn't let up ever. The, the Fort Lauderdale fans were very cool. They invited us to their pregame tailgate, and we had won the first leg. Was it 2 or 3 nothing? It was 3 nothing. Yeah. So it was going to take a lot. But they invited us to the tailgate, and we went. And it ended up being like 
of the 15 or so people, like eight, eight people were six foot three plus and 225 pounds plus. And we walk in, they had these tents set up and we walk in, we're all ducking to go into the tents. And we go in there and we're just these giants with all these people and they're all just looking at us like, what the fuck, who are you freaks? You know? And uh, then we finally go in the stands, we got our own little area, we're all kind of spread out. We sing our lungs out for 90 minutes. The game ends 0-0, we win the championship. It was just crazy, but the next, late that night, we went to a party with the, with the team, you know, everything. Late that night, I, ha- I brought these old shitty shoes because I knew it was going to rain. I would left the old soggy wet shoes in the hotel room. Never, didn't bring them home with me, you know. <laughs> left them down there as my trophy. That had to be, I mean, I know that's not very weird, but, you know, it was walking underneath that tent into their, into their little cave where they were partying and have every, it just stopped silent. Everyone's staring at us and I turn and look around and everyone's a giant. <laughs> it was awesome. I do, I do have two more. Um, the thing you most, you miss most from the old days, whether at the Nessie or at Jimmy. I don't really miss anything. Okay. No, because the standard of, of play is so much higher today than it was then. Okay. The games are just so much better. That was I mean, yeah, the camaraderie was great, but I still have camaraderie. I made great friends then. Okay. You know? So yeah. I, I don't miss a thing. I miss you there. So. Yeah, I don't uh, miss a thing. The other thing, uh, Bradley Sir asked, please have him to retell the story uh, about, I believe, Paul Demko, or it was Richard Neal, noticing the owner's shoes and, and the nickname that followed. Can you please once again, re- recount that story on the podcast for podcast form? Once again, it was Tim Hayes, the super Tim Hayes, rookie, super rookie from Orlando, Florida. There was a, an owner of Minnesota United named Dean Johnson that turned out to be a complete shyster, ripped everybody off, Ponzi scheme, kind of scumbag guy. And he would come about every fifth, fourth or fifth home game. He would show up. He lived in Belgium, and he would wear <laughs> nice suits. But one day, Tim pointed out that no matter what he was wearing, he had these same kind of cheap-ass-looking brown hush puppy shoes. Now, they could have just been his good luck shoes or his favorite, his most comfortable, but... I have we, wedding we shoes that I wear all the time for things. Sure, but when you're wearing, like, nice suits and stuff and you're supposed to be a businessman... Yeah, I, I don't wear those shoes all the time. I right? just wear those shoes when and, I, when and I have pointed very important and, things. And he became known as Old One Pair. That was literally the first tip-off that something was wrong. Yeah. And what was what was the rest of that story? That's it. Uh, apparently, one pair. One pair. He had one pair of brown hush puppies. That's all he had. And he had no money because he was a complete scumbag, ripped right. everybody off. So just trying to paste together an image. Dean Johnson. Fuckwad. Dean Johnson. Dean Johnson. Fuckwad. All right. So you can find us always at davesiknow.com. That's where we do all of our uh, really awesome stuff. You can find Bruce. At where? Where can we find Bruce? On Dunord. At Dunord. On Twitter, at Dunord. Um, Bruce Dunord on Instagram. Bruce McGuire on Facebook. And life. Dunordfootball.com on the internet uh, website. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all over. Uh, Bruce at (laughs) Dunordfootball.com on email. Yeah, there you go. Should I give out my phone number? If you you want to. No, no, I'll pass. You probably should not. Uh, find us at TDIKMN. Uh, 
email us questions at the Dave's I know MN at gmail.com. Myself at Texas Eller. Uh, Martin at offensive underscore loons. That's it. Awesome. Bruce, it's been awesome having you here. Uh, yes, thank you so much for showing up and doing yep. this stupid shit. <laughs> it's been intense. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, we are the Daves You Know. This has been the Daves I Know. As you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we do our thing, son. Y'all, son, 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 son. Y'all know we can't do